This episode of Lightning Strikes Thrice is brought to you by our incredible patrons, patrons like the Bear Friend Tea Party and Joanne Rittenauer. If you want to help us keep making the show like they do, you can visit pitchdrop.cash and contribute as little as a buck a month. We really appreciate it. listening to lightning strikes thrice the jrpg games club podcast that will send your comatose body into space this is season 9 episode 12 covering esthar and the lunar base in final fantasy 8 for the ps1 i'm your host matt marcus my pronouns are he him and with me today is simple arnett the disapprover she her (laughs) (laughs) you did not sign the medical waiver that you could be sent to space for uh for healthcare. no (laughs) uh ryan Beatty, they them uh, so someone tell me what happened last time. <laughs> With Renoa incapacitated by an unknown force, Squall has become more and more unhinged listening to Cinderella's Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone on repeat for days. When he finally <laughs> comes out of his man cave, his decision is that he needs to find Alone and use her transmission time powers to stop whatever the hell happened to Renoa, despite the fact that this is not in any way a thing that is suggested that it can work that way. He heads to her last known whereabouts, the White Seed ship, and they tell him, yeah, she left for Esthar. We also learned somewhere in here that the actual big bad of the game is not Adea, but a sorceress from the future named Altimesia who wishes to compress time. Squall tries to sneak off with Renoa to Esthar by himself by carrying a comatose woman across the big bridge, but finds out JRPGs hate mm-hmm. solo parties, so he's reunited with his seed pals who are escorting Idea to Esthar as well. They cross the Great Salt Lake and find that behind a massive cloaking wall is the massive megalopolis of Salt Lake City. I'm mean, Esthar, Esthar. <laughs> no Mormons, sorry. Before they can enter the city proper, Squall and team collapse into a flashback, and this is where we learn about the Golden Plates. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, okay, if you, mm, this, now I'm also just folding my knowledge of Mormons in the Expanse into things as well, <laughs> and thinking about how also the Mormons in the Expanse really want to shoot people into space. So. Yes! <laughs> Incredible. Mm-hmm. So we open uh, because of uh, the coma zone with Laguna, Kiros, and Ward, who are essentially being used as slave labor by Estar soldiers. There's also, also Ward one- fucking showed up again. Asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ward's back. <laughs> Welcome back, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. God. And also, there's a poor Moomba once again. Like, just if mm-hmm. it, the the way to signal that someone is bad in Final Fantasy VIII is have them torture or otherwise hurt a Moomba. Yeah. The room itself looks like a weird little internal bridge between two structures, kind of like the exterior of the cube in the indoor horror film Cube. With an elevator on one end and a guarded doorway on the other. Cube, good-ass movie. Everyone should watch Cube. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was fun to podcast about. Uh, after after years of Chris trying to get me to watch that. Like, literal years. Yeah. Cube 2 Hypercube, also good. Every other Cube after that, I do not like. I think there's only been three. 
I think, okay, yeah, cube I was zero. Say, there's only cube zero, cube zero sucks out. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Cube. Yeah, I I just assumed that there were more sequels after that because Cube Zero gave me the like, oh, they're gonna start sequelizing this, and they're they're all downhill from here, like Hellraiser vibes. So. Kiros and Ward are ordered to go to Lunatic Pandora, and they leave Laguna behind with a rando NPC and a Moomba. Laguna complains that uh, he's super hungry, and one of the guards tells him, it's only been three days, suck it up, pussy. When the meal mm-hmm. bell rings, which hilariously is the same as the Balam Garden announcement chime, Laguna says, hell yeah, it's mealtime, but the guard is like, uh, actually no, because you spoke up, you don't get to eat. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, just interjecting. I just discovered that apparently Lionsgate filmed an entire direct-to-video Cube movie and then never released it, so Cube 3D is considered lost media. Wow. How mm. bad must that have been for Lionsgate Films to hold off? They should sell the rights to Cube to Warren Beatty so that Warren Beatty can just make an absolutely unhinged video chat with leonard malton about Hugh <laughs> to keep the copyright up i love that malton is so game for those just because he's like this uh-huh. is gonna be trivia forever and i'm <laughs> a part of it yeah, exactly yes yeah. he's like oh you want me to be part of this story absolutely i'll be part of this story mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so uh, as a brief aside remind me is this the first time we mention lunatic pandora by name I think, think so. so. First time I can recall it coming up. Yeah. What a what a weird name for a thing. That's mm-hmm. weird. Sure is. It sounds like the name of a Toho boss track. Oh, wow. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Fucking doing some bullet hell to lunatic Pandora. The guard also detains the Moomba because he's extra cruel and tells them they can both eat once their work is finished. Laguna's like, I'll be done in a couple of hours, but the poor Moomba's job won't be done for days. What are you doing? You're going to kill him. And the guard's like, whatever. I don't give a shit. I'm bad. (laughs) So sometime later, Ward seemingly has started some shit inside of Lunatic Pandora because uh, the guards are like, hey, can you help me out with this big guy? He's causing some trouble. And so uh, he pulls the other guard away. So they are now currently, I mean, they're under video surveillance, but that's it. Laguna checks in on the Moomba and uh, there, there's an NPC guy who I'm just going to call NPC San for like the next, <laughs> the rest of this episode because <laughs> he's got no name. <laughs> uh, and, or sorry, NPC San, excuse me. He says that uh, your Luguna's- weed card was almost revoked. I know, I know. Well, it's even sometimes it's even funnier that if you know better, but you mispronounce it on purpose. Oh right! Mm-hmm. Oh, the Renoir effect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just made all of the uh, conspiracy theory listeners of this show like update their journals. Like, oh shit, Sybil <laughs> knew this whole time. <laughs> no, yeah, it's I, funnier I love- if I leave these teases. <laughs> God, I, I'm gonna at least want to put it on on the record of the, that that tweet that you got about it. <laughs> yes, I guess why not just drop this because it's been a while. But I deleted my Twitter almost instantly when Musk bought the site, and I went to look at something, and I found out that somebody had tweeted me the cutscene of <laughs> Renoa from. Um, <laughs> Dissidia. Fighting game. Yeah. 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 Dissidia. yeah. Just 
out of that's i guess congrats you mad <laughs> listener to the show yeah the the funniest part is that that was sent the same day i released the episode where where the correction came out mm. <laughs> it's like yeah, my god you could have waited you could have waited uh uh extremely funny uh props I'm props st- to you for listening uh whoever that poster was yeah i i am for the record still mad that zero one two uh is supposed to be pronounced duo dacim uh i just <laughs> hate that about Dissidia so much i just love it because it's latin but i will <laughs> anyway say, don't think this is me dunking on you casual listener you, we do appreciate the feedback yes Absolutely. thank you <laughs> it made our day <laughs> just shit talk us in emails next time we have an address <laughs> i have not looked at the address in years <laughs> oh i check it i check it oh. because i have to log into things we don't get a lot about in this show yeah i don't think so i think that there is a lightning strike strikes email specifically too but oh that might be one couldn't tell you yeah i don't have that <laughs> boy i should look at that i mean we've never put that on don't email us, actually. Don't do that. <laughs> like, reach out to us on Patreon, I guess. Pay us and then, Whoops. like, put in a message being like, here's a comment. Um, anyway. <laughs> there is a Discord server for patrons where you can shit talk us to our faces. It's Until true. Until Chris bans you. <laughs> Unless Chris finds it funny, which usually means they're making fun of me. <laughs> or me. Well, and me. Fair enough. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so, like, the uh, NPC Saad says that uh, Laguna, like, you're you're the only person who's ever, like, given two shits about a Moomba ever that I've ever seen. And, like, like, check out these S-Star soldiers. They're only giving Moombas half the food and sleep as their human workers. Like, look at how shitty they are. Like, you're a nice guy. But then after that, a guard returns and tells Laguna to go up the elevator and tell security above that they need backup for an emergency because, you know, Ward is a brick shit house and, you know, can really throw down. And apparently he has his anchor with him. Hell yeah. <laughs> Somehow. He smuggled that up his ass. Before he heads up, though, Laguna tries to help out the Moomba by tossing him a tool, which is fumbled by the Moomba, and seemingly it falls down into the abyss to die. And Laguna is, like, panicking about this. And this is one of those things where, like, the... um the fidelity of the game at the time kind of made this joke possible because if we had been able to see that the, the Moombo is wearing a harness, is wearing a safety harness, it's on wires. So like it was able to crawl back up, but like you couldn't tell that just by looking at the game as it is. Um, I don't remember my, I, I don't remember my Moomba falling all the way off. I thought that in mine, yeah, there's there's a way to make the Moomba not fall at all. Um, it's probably a ward thing again. It's a Timber Maniacs <laughs> thing. If you, oh, is uh, it? If you yeah. pick up the Timber Maniacs at, I think, the orphanage, then Laguna mm. sprints towards him and grabs the Moomba before the Moomba falls and pulls him back up. Yeah, Shit. I also got that. I did not get that because I did not pick up... I don't pick up Timber Maniacs on habit anymore. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, uh, so that's the, the scene I saw with the Moomba falling is the one I know for the most part, but that's, I mean, that, 
that's on par. So I guess, like, I guess we have to go through every single Laguna flashback to see if no, any of don't. them change. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> yeah. I want to. I want to double check because I know at least three now. Feel so, free, that is absolutely. That is a thing that you would do if you liked this game. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. But I don't. <laughs> yeah. This is what I would do for the Ava RPG if it existed. Mm-hmm. Ask uh, me about the branching timelines in Ava 64. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I've seen that 45-minute video by Crunchyroll like at least three times. The one with honestly, all the different Avas. It was really good. Honestly, like what one of one of the podcasts that I dream of you making is going through the Super Robot Tyson series and contrasting how the plots in there contrast with the plots of the anime that they're from. The problem is, that sounds great, but also the only Super Robot Tyson game I've gone through is 30, and mm-hmm. that was, by the end, one of the most miserable slogs I've ever played through oh no i had to put that down Mm -hmm. for six months in the middle like it was on my steam end of year thing last year and it's like you played a bunch of this from january to february and then there's just this giant gap (laughs) and at the end of the year when i was unemployed and only letting myself play bad jrpgs i picked it up and finished it (laughs) And it still took me another 50 hours, and I was in one of the final chapters. Oh, why do they make games that absurdly That one one is overstuffed. People have told me 30 Mm. is too fucking fat. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking, oh, yeah, when I'm done with 30, I'll go to the one right before it, which had, like, one of the ones right before it had rebuild of ava up to movie two or three and i was thinking that sounds fun what is mm. what is shinji gonna do what is asuka gonna do with char and it's like no i'm not doing that because yeah i don't want to go anywhere near that series for a year mm-hmm. woof woof just, just watch a let's play <laughs> oh like, uh, and, like skip english all the gameplay even. they're in english <laughs> i don't even need a translation patch but no <laughs> Ah, well, anyway, (laughs) ask me again at the end of this year. Cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So either uh, Laguna stopped the Moomba from falling or caused the Moomba to fall, but to no harm. Either way, NPC-san tells Laguna that, uh, you know, I really like to cut out your jib. Why don't you lead our uh, anal resistance group? (laughs) That seems like a great way to just pick leadership. But... After that, uh, the guard returns and starts a fight, and somehow Laguna has his machine gun. I don't know how he's just hanging out here, you know, getting being forced to work when he has his machine gun. Don't think about it too hard. Uh, he stored it in his brain like a GF. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- that would be hilarious if that, oh like, God. Th- like during the flashback is like when his like machine gun just comes back to him <laughs> out of nowhere. The fairies. <laughs> yeah. So another guard comes down the elevator and Laguna Kabedon's the guy telling NPC-san and the Moomba, <laughs> you should head up and escape. I'm going to deal with him. Then Kiros and Ward arrive, followed by another guard, and we get into a yaoi dance battle. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of sound like it. Uh, you know, I had to say, like, the, the, the Jesper enemy that's in this fight is, like, one of the goofiest designs in the game. And... 
It, yeah, those hands. Like, they can't draw yeah. them. It looks like a Pokemon, kind of. It's <laughs> Jasper, Jasper. <laughs> yeah, but it's also got like a weird, like cylindrical face that kind of like the face kind of looks like um, reminds me of like Emil from the near games and stuff like that, like that <laughs> kind of face. <laughs> and it does like telekinesis too. It like picks you up and like slams you on your head. It's a, it's a real goofy little enemy. Granted, like none of these fights matter because you just kill them in one hit and by doing like 5,000 damage. Actually, one thing I've completely forgot to mention because we didn't really fight very much last episode is this was the episode where I discovered that if you're overpowered, you don't get death animations anymore. Like hmm. all that happens is that the model turns red and immediately fades away. And it's so abrupt. And when, you know, I'm using Squall most of the time and, you know, Squall has his little you know trigger action. And so you see the little explosion. It was so sudden that you would just see an explosion and the enemy was gone. And I laughed so hard because of how sudden it was <laughs> like, hmm. So there's an huh. overkill thing in this game where it'll just like remove the death animation if you hit it too hard. <laughs> so it just I looks no like idea. I'm exploding. I'm exploding everything into nothingness. I'm going to have to watch the, for that now. Yeah, yeah, this was funnily enough. Also, the episode where I kind of finally outpaced the difficulty curve on accident and started just like pretty easily steam. It's like I had a couple of times where like, squall would die or renoa would die on something just because i'm keeping them close to i'm keeping them with low health to spam limit breaks um Mm -hmm. but like yeah this was the 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 battles finally stopped presenting any kind of interesting challenge this episode so when the trio head up the elevator we meet dr odin and um so i've been i've been (laughs) diving into certain types of uh, shonen manga this past year because Bleach came back and I got to One Piece and I met certain characters in that. So Nazi scientist who dresses like a fucking clown is definitely a thing that I've been thinking about in uh, Japanese media lately. (laughs) But the three run out of the station away from, again, Dr. Odin, who is just straight up a horrible human experimenty type who is in no theater garb, and they meet the doctor's assistant, who is also a resistance member because I would be too if I worked for this guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he tells them that Dr. Odin has a shiny new research toy, a girl named Alone. Laguna's like, oh shit, cool, she's why we're here. And so let's just <laughs> uh let's just make all these convergent plot threads work for us. Alright. Well, if we join the resistance, can you help us? And she's like, sure. And Laguna goes, okay. Also, he can't even be bothered to remember Adele's name, but since he's not a details guy, he's like, Kiros, Ward, we're going to take down um, Bad Bitch. That's her name, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They call her a- he calls her Azel. Or Azel. <laughs> Adele Dazim. <laughs> NPC San again goes, I wish you were our leader. And Laguna says, when I get back, I'll take you up on that. And then goes, oh, shit, I really shouldn't have said that without thinking. Ah, I'm sure things will work out. And then it turns out FF8 B-side was canceled because Yowie just has that happen. Sorry, no full season. <laughs> I hate this. I hate it. And the, and the reason is that 
this whole thing, both Laguna being the resistance leader and Dr. Odin are played for slapstick and they are mm-hmm. both too, too much of like load bearing walls in this story to be yakety saxing around. It's such horrible tonal whiplash. It mm-hmm. sucks to me. Dr. Odin, incredibly crucial like player in this world also the guy who discovered like this world's version of magitech to fight sorceresses Mm -hmm. like he's the person who learned that uh you can train people to like draw magic if they junction to a guardian force so like he he, like he's mentioned way back in episode one when we're episode two or whenever we talked about those like that 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 first computer terminal he's there and for him to be mengala kefka but played for laughs sucks shit and for and 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 for laguna to be the leader of the resistance because some guy asked him to when he was doing a prison break sucks shit i just mm-hmm. hate it well i i could do you one better ryan uh according to uh dr odin's um bio in the tutorial menu he also invented junctioning he was right. the one who yeah. figured out how to junction gfs not just the magic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so like he is literally the cause of all this um right and it is very funny that like yeah i i, I mean i guess we did this in world war ii it'd be like oh we'll just give him a pardon for all the terrible shit he did he's useful and he just hangs around <laughs> for 17 more years I mean, that's the most believable part of this to me. I, I guess you're right, right? It doesn't yeah, let's not good, talk about MK Naomi right now. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah. th- the reason I brought up uh, Bleach and One Piece on this is that in the past, Dr. Odin is straight up the dude who is a comic relief genocider from Bleach. And in the future, they play him a little more like a character I'm not going to name from One Piece. Mm-hmm. It, it's very distinct, but it's like having both of these in my memory, the dude in Bleach is a problem because he's clearly supposed to die early on and someone's like, no, save that guy. He's got a great design. And he just slinks out of what should be a revenge killing early wow. on in the series. Mm-hmm. Like that dude genocided the Quincy's. <laughs> The, that's on camera. He genocided of people. Oh my god. Well, I mean, look, people love a villain. I mean, look at Vegeta. <laughs> <laughs> he blew up entire planets. This is true. He just didn't do it while also beating a woman regular. Like, imagine if Odin was beating his assistant comically. And that's oh. a recurring thing. That happens in Bleach. <laughs> I mean, so he's like Sid from FF7. Ooh. I, I don't know if the rocket was powered by orphans, Matt. <laughs> that we know. That we Freaking. know. <laughs> Sid just being Ed Harris from Snowpiercer all of a sudden also. Ooh. Oh, my God. That's so much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it's it's extremely weak that we don't see anything with the resistance here at all like this feels like the resistance are like two people yeah (laughs) and it's like you be the leader and then you're supposed to believe that this ended the sorcerer's war somehow well and it's 
It is. It, I I know it directly stems from the like Laguna focus shift problem where yeah. it was going to be literally half Squall, half Laguna, and then they were like, "Oh shit, we have to scrap that focus on Squall, but we still need the like most like connective tissue load bearing parts of the Laguna story still here." So, uh, here, okay, I guess this works. Like I I know that's why it happened. It doesn't it, make it good. <laughs> Doesn't make it good. Doesn't yeah, make you it fix good. it. You fix the thing, right? Right, better. Or I mean, like yeah. the only thing that that kind of, you know, it is funny how they wanted to parallel Squall becoming thrust into leadership with Laguna getting thrust into leadership, and it mm-hmm. could have been interesting to see how they both handled it in different ways. But, eh. yeah, <laughs> just this is this is. I mean, and the thing is, this happens on like three screens. Like there's just nothing in this in this um, flashback. This is like the weakest flashback. It's by a long fast time. and abrupt. I, when I say that, that this feels like it was canceled, like a Yaoi manga, I mean it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, just great- they, they saw the Jesper. They saw the hands, and they went, that, "Those hands are too big. We can't do that. We can't do that." <laughs> you can't. I'm sorry. Your anatomy is too flawed for FF8. Mm. <laughs> Please ignore Norg. Ignored. <laughs> Ignored me. Norg is me, senpai. <laughs> Ooh, I almost had I a literally spit take out of Ryan. Did a spit take with my really <laughs> two for two episodes of spit takes. Gatorade branded energy drink that I had to water down because it's so nasty. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's what you get for chugging a potion on, on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, after after Laguna is like, sure, I guess I'll be leader later, uh, but I need to go. Odin had gone down the elevator to check in on the lunatic Pandora experiment, but they're confronted by some guards and we get another forced battle. Dr. Odin goes to flee, but before he can escape the lab by car, he tells Laguna that Alone is in lab we then cut to the trio in a hallway of another building uh they fight some guards right up a level on a hover platform fight some more guards in the lab observation room and then go down and free alone squall wakes up just in time to greet a vehicle with an estar official who asks them about their business in the city they say that they want to see dr odin and alone and the official takes them by car directly to the presidential palace Adea, uh once here explains her purpose which again bums me out that she just like wants the sorceress power ripped out of her so she can't get possessed again mm-hmm. and dr odin waltzes in and says yeah no problem we can suck that sorceress juice right out of you mm-hmm. squall Easy. then yeah <laughs> squall then goes back to um demanding piss baby mode and uh goes no i need to see alone right now and after some testy back and forth with the doctor he is given permission to see her under the condition that he leave renoa with the doctor for observation which fucked up to do that uh <laughs> mm-hmm. this this i don't it comes I, to I, nothing I, but why <laughs> I do, I I don't want to recant any of the discussion that Sybil and I had last episode, but this don't leave your comatose like love of your life with uh the like evil experiment doctor that you know mm-hmm. is the evil experiment doctor because of the flashback you just had. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I'm gonna give her some candy. <laughs> Fuck. 
Jesus. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. The president's aide then tells us to explore the city to uh, and head to the lunar gate when we're ready to advance the plot. By the way, Dr. Odin has Ward's card and the aide has the Phoenix card as part of uh, the Queen of Cards quest, <laughs> if you still care about that. Yeah, we've, I, we're, we're about, we're, I, yeah, okay, we're about to, I'll talk about my feelings on Esthar as we start actually describing it here. But isn't it fun that they just go, let's go to space, and they go, <laughs> cool, we're going to space, we're going to the moon. How, yeah, exactly, <laughs> it just, how, how does getting shot into space uh, help Renoa? The world may never know, um, uh, well, except I, d- hmm. it's because Dr. Odin is doing some fuck shit uh for sure but um yeah well it's also elena is there that's where elena is yes that is where elena is that's that's why they're going to the they're going to the base uh yeah (laughs) but yeah yeah so like Sybil, when you mentioned uh like sort of just throwing it off offhand when we were talking about ava and going to the moon Mm -hmm. like (laughs) ryan and i both had a laugh about that (laughs) because we knew this was coming (laughs) god Uh, how did I misspell that? Ugh, anyway, so the city itself is a sprawling labyrinth of skyways, not skyways, <laughs> like my fucking notes. The answer is I here. fucked with that while you were talking about Doctor. Of oh. course, of course, because I wrote this shit at five in the morning when I was exhausted, and I was like, I swear I spelled that right, but I could have not spelled it right. Anyway, yeah, getting silent switches for this keyboard means I can make quiet, under the radar typing noises, and you never hear them. And then, I, and then I make jokes thinking, "This is good. This is good." Uh-huh, mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, there are only a handful of nodes to visit. There's just a, there's a lot of space in between them, and there's a lot of crosswalks. It's it's kind of interesting that they made these many assets, and they did it because of a game section later where we're trying to find specific spots but there's really only oh, a couple places <laughs> well you you i mean you you already did it at this point <laughs> just i could still hate it <laughs> it sounded like it was like oh in the future um but yeah if you you could walk around and try to familiarize yourself with all the different things and talk to npcs you you learn some background about Esthar, like not a ton, but like, you know, it's like, oh, yes, there was a war and then it stopped. And then now we're a techno utopia. And isn't that great? And, you know, there's people that are like one person's on, you know, there's the the humor of one person's waiting for a date on this level. And this this other person's waiting for the same date on another level like we did in Dalit, but different this time. <laughs> but if you want to get to anywhere quickly, there's a fast transit system. You just go on one of those little hover like disks and then you just get sent around. The only real notable place to visit, especially right now, because, you know, you don't have an airship, so there's no reason to go to the air dock or the the, the landing area. There's a shopping center and uh, there's a variety of little kiosks you can uh, go into. And when you go into them, there's a bunch of shops. It's worth visiting every shop at least once so that you can call it later with Tonberry. If you have Tonberry, that's helpful. One notable one is the bookshop where you can purchase a lot of the magazines you may have missed. You know, your weapons, monthlies, pet pals, uh, even the early occult fans. Although some of those don't show up unless you have the familiar skill, which is, again, a Tonberry thing. We're going to talk about occult fans later. <laughs> Join my occult fans. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, there's one specific shop, and this is one of those Final Fantasy VIII 
burying a, a very cool thing uh, in an extremely dumb way is <laughs> uh, Cheryl's shop. There's a shop. There's a couple shops that are always closed. Like you open it and they're always closed. Or sometimes like it's RNG whether or not they'll open, even if you're just like mashing the button to go open them over and over again. But the one you want to actually do that with is Cheryl's shop because it'll never open, but it will give you one of the best items in the game, a Rosetta Stone, <laughs> just for trying a lot. <laughs> And it's RNG when you get it, so it could take a long time. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a couple of observations, but I need to open the window for my loud cat so she stops being loud. Okay. Well, how about this? Is there any hint that Cheryl's shop is a thing you should just click on repeatedly? Nope. Not at all. It's just a guide thing. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) the The thing is, if you selected it once... And then you get Tonberry and get Call Shop. You can just do it from your menu. You don't have to go back. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not just that this place feels weirdly empty mm-hmm. compared to other towns, especially for how big it is. It's also aesthetically kind of trash. So like <laughs> it, I, all right. It, it They are trying to make, like, a stark contrast to the, like, the militarized kind of pre-Space Age world of the rest of Final Fantasy VIII. But, like, it—so I get that they're they're trying to do this version of, like, a Midgar or a Narsh, I guess. But um, it's very confused. It's very just, like—it all just, like, looks like shiny blue techno services without Mm -hmm. anything else. And, like, the— Okay, it is almost like a proto version of what I feel like they were going for with Final Fantasy 13. Like I can see the yeah. seeds of it in there, but like I do not I do not like the way that at least these screens of Esthar look. I like a lot of the, like the 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 kind of the outer mm-hmm. outposts that we're going to go to and uh, how Esthar looks on the world map is very yeah. neat. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't like the look of it. It, it's Inside. very, it's very eye-searingly garish in its colors. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's extremely bright blues with like, contrasting reds and yellows, and it's you know it, I wouldn't say it, like it's not none of it's neon, which is the weird part. Like you would think a lot of this would be neon, other than one part of it, other <laughs> than one specific part. Um, I will say it's very funny to me when you enter and exit the presidential palace, there's a cutscene that plays of you going into this little bubble and coming down. And the interesting mm-hmm. thing is that it it doesn't play the exact same one backwards when you go the other way. It's actually a slightly different cutscene, but it's like extremely like over detailed backgrounds just trying to show like shock and awe of like how highly technical this place is. But yeah, it really does fail. The visuals like that, that car ride in really sells the scale. And then when you go to the world mm-hmm. map, he sells the scale even bigger. But then when mm-hmm. you're just walking around, it feels, yeah, incredibly tiny with just a lot of weird snaky patterns. Yeah. Uh, between the, between the places. To me, this feels like Midgar by way of the Kukai foundation. Yeah. 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 yeah I can mm-hmm. do that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, sh- shout out to that one uh, NPC soldier who is the inverse of other, like, so generally there will be like one NPC in a JRPG who like tells you the 
a town's whole deal and yeah. in Esthar there's a guy who's like hey do you know anything about Esthar and if you say no he goes well I'm not gonna tell you shit enjoy your visit but if you say mm-hmm. yes then he's like oh yeah tell me something and then yeah. you tell him what you know about Esthar and he's like he's always like yep that's right and doesn't really elaborate more that was funny <laughs> to me that is yeah, good I did fight that guy yeah I'll also like playing cards in this area sucks because you know, a lot of, I mean, duh, but like the problem is that the, uh, the, the, the save points are so far away that when you do have to do a reset, you have to run like three screens and it, it's, you're, that's like the worst sin to me is not, is on top of the bullshit. Like I just need to reset immediately if I lose at all it, and the rules are starting to get extra extra bullshit everywhere mm. it's that on top of that it's hard to go back to the guy you wanted to play cards to i got really lucky on the lunar base later but like i had a hell of a time getting like i always get the ward card and i just i regret it it, it, it was not worth it yeah it's the um triple triad gets sunk by all of its weird card uh, all of its weird rule rule combos by this point it's it like it's only it's at its most fun in its more basic form which is a bummer yeah yeah so when you exit you can go to the world map and you will be offered a car to rent if you like which is you know kind of the techno version of a chocobo outside mm-hmm. we see the city is massive the size dwarfs the island of balam and you need to walk or drive a fair bit before ending up outside of the city itself. There are only a few locations that we can visit, and they include the Lunatic Pandora Laboratory, War Crimesville, where we just had the Laguna <laughs> flashback, the Sorceress Memorial, a place we cannot enter at the moment because I'm sure it's supposed to be a twist that they revere sorceresses and they're evil, Tears Point, a temple-like area with a ring of Bodhisattvas-like statues in the middle of what looks like a, quote, server farm powered by razor <laughs> devices. Uh-huh. <laughs> and our next destination, the Lunar Gate, which somehow is going to take us to space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the first like time that anything resembling Hindu or Buddhist architecture comes popping in and when you just see like these gigantic bodhisattva statues it's like oh damn those are that that's new and it's so blatant just it's yeah (laughs) it's very funny to me yeah these must be the ancient sorceresses the the maybe they are like the eight women who uh bestowed his power to perhaps yeah, that's that's likely. I don't know if there's an official thing. Um, uh, Tears Point is a little confusing, but uh, we'll we'll talk about it later when we talk about the Lunar Cry and how yeah. it functions there. So there is one very important thing at Tears Point, which we're going to talk about in just the next two minutes, which is a mm-hmm. very f- funny, funny <laughs> little like FFA. I'm not going to tell you shit kind of thing. So <laughs> yes. On the Estar continent, if you aren't in a car and are just getting into some random encounters, uh, you can run into the Malboro, uh, the famous Final Fantasy enemy out here. Uh, like always, they're extremely nasty. 
And unfortunately, you need a lot of Marlboro tentacles in order (laughs) to do a very important Guardian Force and also to get some of uh, the higher level weapons if you care about weapon upgrades. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. it's also how you get bad breath for Quistus. uh, Right. Yeah. And so you can... it, you use you, you you if you play a lot of triple triad you can get some alboro cards but otherwise you're gonna need to fight and mug some of these guys and it sucks especially if you're at mm-hmm. high levels because uh yeah their their shit is no joke yeah you, you like basically need status defense times four to stand any chance because like the bad breath like you get confused and you just can't control your character. <laughs> like, right. it's not just like you're silenced and blinded and and cursed and all that. It's just also you just have no control and berserked. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's literally you get everything and you get turbo owned. I'm sorry. Yeah. You just casually dropped that Quistus is so white she needs Malboros to have bad breath. I just have to <laughs> eat like some fucking kimchi or something if I want that. <laughs> Yeah, but have you blinded anybody with your kimchi breath? Like, how powerful are we talking? Depends on the spice of the kimchi. Mm, Good point. (laughs) It does stick when it gets in your eyes. There is also a new Guardian Force that you can get now, but likely you're not going to be able to get it. (laughs) Right. You're not going to be able to get it until, like, you come back with the airship and do a bunch of other shit. Like, it's... You you really have to be hashtag power gaming in order to get this Guardian Force now. But Mm -hmm. if you manage to find all four editions of the Occult Fan Magazine, of which I have zero editions so far, (laughs) uh, you have to talk to the right NPCs... Um, you will have received a handful of extremely abstruse hints about what you need to summon the Guardian Force Doom Train, which are, you need six steel pipes, sticks, Malboro tentacles, six remedy pluses, and Solomon's ring. Uh. <laughs> yeah, like the, the Lesser Key of Solomon, the Seal of Solomon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, let mm-hmm. me... Let me uh, if you guys aren't already on it, let me let me show you the the wiki page for uh, for occult fans because the the text in them are hilarious. I'm not. Let's take a look at this. Yeah. So, like, I don't know how anyone was supposed to figure this out. And the 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 thing is, on top of these really difficult, you know, little hints, the fourth one to get occult fan four, you have to. Go to the lunar base. Sorry, go to the lunar gate. Talk to an NPC, and then instead of going to space, before you go to space, you have to go back and talk to the president's aide again. And then it shows up outside, like a door, in the presidential palace. Like it's one of those things where it's like, how would you? If you're going to the lunar gate, you're going to space. But if you go to space, you miss your chance to get this item. I mean, even a cult fan one, like yeah. It's so RNG determined because it is on a bookshelf that's clickable. Oh, that's but right. Only yeah. if there is a, if an NPC isn't in the way. But yeah. you if if you just walk in and it, you're not you're not going to know that there's something behind that person that you need to get. And apparently if someone's in the way, you're just supposed to exit out and then go back in the library until the RNG has triggered so that no NPCs are in the way of this bookshelf. Yep. I mean, like I've had, to, you know, we've. I've talked about like cycling the NPCs just to play a particular guy for cards. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that, that is how it is. But yeah, uh, 
I have a cult fan three because I got that from the master. I was about to say, it looks like I probably have a cult fan three and just didn't realize what the hell it was about because it's basically plot involved. But, but it tells you you need 666 items to summon the GF, not six items of these other six of each of these three other items that are right. very roughly hinted at like, oh, there was a Marlboro outbreak at this place. Therefore, Marlboro tentacles, six of them. Can you imagine if you actually had to have 666 total <laughs> items? There is a there is a JRPG that does something like that, and I don't remember which one it is, but it did like hag lost kingdoms, real. I think. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Oh think. my god. Don't don't yeah. quote me on that, but that's my guess. Mm. I mean, I guess the hint is that we know that no number goes over 255 in this game. <laughs> And mm. items only go up to 99 anyway. <laughs> we know, but the we average know. player probably does not. No, no. But yeah, Imagine it's, it's trying very... to farm 666 Marlboro tentacles. <sighs> and you know, the thing that sucks the most about it is you have to get, I believe it's six cards, six or eight cards of Marlboros to get one tentacle. So, like, I... I ended up because I was trying to get a lot of um, early game stuff for, uh, you know, disc one. Um, like I wanted to get the tornadoes. I wanted to get the quakes. I wanted to get the disc one Lionheart. I just made sure every time I saw a Marlboro card, I grabbed it and I had enough to get six. But like you have it, it takes a long time because all of that is RNG, whether or not it's even in the hand of someone who will play it. You have to find someone who will play that. card. I ended yeah. up doing it all the cards. I didn't end up farming it from Marlboro's, but you can. It's just really, really difficult. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And on top of that, the Remedy Pluses, I guess I mentioned this later, the Remedy Pluses, you need to have Alexander and need to mm -hmm. have med level or, or yeah, it's med level up, which is a 200 AP skill. And you just got that Guardian Force, like, I don't know, an hour ago, <laughs> maybe. Mm -hmm. Granted, mm -hmm. it's going to be very easy to grind AP in a second, uh, like after this episode. But uh yeah, and because they don't even call it, say remedy pluses, they say like restorative, like status restorative items in the hint. Yeah, it is extremely obscure. Mm -hmm. And it's for fucking Doom Train. Come on, yeah. everyone wants Doom I know. Train. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah. what a Doom Train was to want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I wish these kind of things were like hinted at more like less obliquely so you know that it, it's in the universe so that you can go then when you start getting hints of it you're like oh well, that might be this mm -hmm. they don't do that at all here <laughs> but yeah you collect all these items you can actually collect all of the items you need to get dream train just for playing chocobo world hmm. that's a weird thing uh like even though you can get multiple solomon's rings <laughs> okay uh but if you're just playing the game without it you need to do this you know the hard way and if you use the ring after collecting the items, Doom Train introduces itself and you, you can actually name Doom Train. You can name all the GFs pretty much. So it just says, hi, I'm dot, dot, dot. And then you get to answer a name. Yeah. Have, have any of you renamed any? No. Why would you no. rename Doom Train? He's called Doom Train. <laughs> Doom Train is easily one of the best names in this game for a GF. Uh -huh, yeah. Uh -huh, Doom Train uh -huh. feels like something I would rename summons in other games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Are you in agreement with me that Doom Train and the Phantom Train are two different Final Fantasy things? Definitely. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay, just, yeah. I've seen people conflate the two, and that bothers me. Because Doom Train rules and Phantom Train's okay. 
Uh, <laughs> Phantom Train is famous for how you can wreck it. Nobody yeah. <laughs> would care about Phantom Train if you couldn't suplex it. You're absolutely right. The reason why you would want Doom Train, uh, for one thing, it's got the maximum elemental and status junctions. So, like, you get the defense times four for both and the attack. So, like, basically, you stick this on someone, they're basically fully covered for any extra, you know, attachments or defenses that you need. Super useful. You get the Battle Command Dark Side, which I don't know if that's useful at all. I've never used it, but it's got historical precedent in the <laughs> series. It's got Absorb. You could absorb enemies. Uh, which is different than Devour, which is a skill we will run into much later. <laughs> mm-hmm. Devour is hilarious. Absorb is kind of eh. Uh, okay, so just because someone like me will probably also wonder, Dark Side is the Dark Knight attack from FF4. Yes. Yep. Yep. So yeah, it does damage and then I think hurts you a little bit. Consumes 10, 8, 10% HP, yes. Yeah. Not good enough to take up an entire, like, one of four battle commands. I just don't understand why there's these battle commands that I don't know what the use case is for. That is absolutely if you're trying to do limit break or low HP shenanigans, because you can't kill yourself with it. Mm -hmm. That's true. But the thing that makes that super easy to do instead is just to have really high junctions and then cycle them on and off. And then your HP goes down (laughs) to, like, nothing. And then you're in the the yellow anyway. It's weird. Hmm. Yeah, that's how I like if I want to like turn a character into crisis mode, I just unjunction rejunction and you or swap junctions with a character that didn't have junctions and there you go. I hadn't considered that. That's good to know. Yeah, it's very fast. <laughs> it's much easier than trying to like knock somebody down slowly. It also has uh the junk shop skill, so, you know, calls a junk shop. And forbidden medicine refine. Forbidden medicine refine is a really weird one that you probably don't need <laughs> because it's basically taking super rare expensive items and turning them into stat up items where you go up by one stat. And so it's really not useful at all, but it exists. The The one weird thing that it does beyond that is it also creates, you can use it to create not a hero or a holy war, but hero trial and holy war trials, which are lesser versions of the hero and holy war items, except for the fact that they work exactly the same. Like there's supposed to be a version that fails some percentage of the time, but instead, for whatever reason, the the stat that was tied to it in order to have success rate was not attack, which has a chance to miss, but it's magic, which has zero chance to miss. So it hits a hundred percent of the time. So it's exactly the same as a hero in a, in a holy war. Good job. Maybe this is yeah. how I should get around ten thousand needles is just refine a bunch of heroes and then or hero trials i guess because i yeah. still don't have the cactar guardian force and i kind of want him because he's cute but i hate dealing with ten thousand needles because i only have less than that in health <laughs> i mean i guess you would use like protect or reflect or something that there might be there's there's probably some way to mitigate it or just mm-hmm. it only hits one person at a time so you just revive them <laughs> right yeah. right yeah, it's not hitting the whole party. It's not a party wipe, thank God. Anyway, but the real reason why you want Doom Train besides all that is its attack runaway train, which is basically like what if bad breath, but better. Mm-hmm. It does poison elemental damage and it does pretty much every status effect you would want. And one of the big ones there is Vitality Zero, which is the same as um, the Meltdown spell, which is relatively rare, kind of hard to get, but it does what it says on the tin. It sets an enemy's Vitality to Zero, which means you do extraordinarily more physical damage 
And mm. that is super useful, especially with certain bosses that are extremely like if you run into a boss that is like massively physical resistant, you hit him with Doom Train and they're immediately you can just beat the shit out of him. It's super useful. But yeah, Doom Train. He's like my favorite. I love Doom Train. He's like my favorite design in the series. Yeah. And I don't think he does come back for anything else, really. Doom Train rules acquiring him sucks. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Enter the lunar gate, which looks like a big pipe organ aimed at the sky. When we <laughs> enter the lobby, Angelo comes by to say goodbye to Renoa because after this we will never see him again, for mechanical reasons. We are then told Alone is on the lunar base. Uh, so this is not true. Oh, wait, he comes back? Mm. Angelo absolutely comes back. Also, Angelo's a girl, even though she has a boy name, which... Oh. I, f- I, I listen. That, no, I, if I, I only f- I only found that out because I was like, wait, I remember this differently, and so I went to the wiki just to make sure oh, that okay. I wasn't wrong. And then it was like, by the way, Angelo's a girl, so that's not a mistake on your part. That is some hidden lore shit, I think. But no, yeah, um, you totally you totally see angelo again multiple times and interact with him multiple times when when we get Didn't back. You just say oh, it was when a we get back. Sorry. Dog. <sighs> You just said him. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, the, well, the thing is, I, I meant in the sense of, like, I'm pretty sure you can't use, like, Angelo's search and stuff at after this point. Yeah, you absolutely can. Can you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, you so can. you have to select it? You have to select it over Angel Wing? Yep. Okay. Because I, I guess I just never used Renoa in that manner, so I never... I always assumed one replaced the other, but if uh, if they're both options... Yeah, That's no, yeah, they are. They, it's they um they are not both options when we're in space because Angelo is not in space. Not in but, space. Uh, yeah, but That's true. when yep, but when when we get back, then yeah, you can you can keep using Angelo and like he's part of the story as well. Yeah, like I a no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> uh, I I just have to say that uh, Sybil. Uh, I believe that like most pipe organs are aimed at the sky. <laughs> Not, <laughs> I just I had to think about it for a second, but it's a good descriptor. But I'm pretty sure that most of them. <laughs> a sure. B shut up. <laughs> so Squall needs to choose one person not named Zell to accompany him and Renoa into space. And obviously, the only possible choice is Selfie. <laughs> I pick Quistus. <laughs> the group then gets put into a suspended animation pod, loaded into an enormous revolver, and mm-hmm. shot out to space. 
the words that are written on the side of this moon launcher are tin can shooter. <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's All amazing. I am going to say is shout out to Squaresoft for putting this in two games mm-hmm. in the PS1 generation. <laughs> yep. Wait, is this in uh, FF7 too? Nope. <laughs> Favorite story? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> All I'm going to say is there's a gun that shoots people in Xenogears. Oh, yep. I, I should have guessed Xenogears first. Duh. Yep. Duh. Yep. Okay. It's some Xenogears ass shit. It's yep. one of the funniest scenes in that game on three levels, and I can't tell you any of them. Yeah. Damn, I gotta... I guess I gotta play the game. I guess I gotta play the game. I guess we'll just have to make Matt play Xenogears somehow at some point. Eventually, mm. I it's on my list. It's on my list. I, yeah. I, I just love... I just love that, like, they're like, okay, main character has a revolver gun blade, so let's just stick revolver shit in other places. And that that's what this read to me as. It's just like let's let's make the 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 guy the thing that shoots people in the space a revolver. That seems rad, and it is rad. Look, a lot of tech on this world seems to just no offense revolve around <laughs> revolvers. Mm-hmm. 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 For yeah, some it, reason. Final Fantasy X has the goth continent. Final Fantasy VIII has the gun continent. This is just how it works. If you told me vaccinations in this world were done via Russian roulette, I'd believe you. (laughs) (laughs) One of these has a syringe. The other five are just air-filled needles. Wait, we've made a mistake. (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, uh. You know, having just watched chainsaw man season one like two weeks ago just thinking about what a gun gf would be because there would have to be a gun gf mm-hmm. right yeah, just based on yeah. the rules of the world there should be a yeah. gun gf and there isn't one uh, sadly huh that's actually a surprise to me mm-hmm. yeah there's only after this episode there's only three guardian forces left and uh one of them you well one of them we just talked about, but the other one uh, is a mainstay that you'll probably could guess if you were a fan of the series. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gilgamesh. Got it. Mm-hmm. Wait, is that it? No. I was just fucking. Three okay. more. <laughs> Three got more got GFs. <laughs> Sorry. I miscounted. Actually, there's four more GFs. Uh, what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great. Okay. Just, so I've stumbled into something dick first again. Perfect. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Afterwards, we get control of Zell and are told there's an emergency back in the city. We rush over there and learn that Lunatic Pandora, which was the name of a lab, is also an enormous flying obelisk that was excavated and or created during the Sorceress War and has now been dredged up from the sea to fly over the city. We're told there are three locations in the city where we can intercept it at certain times. Thankfully, we only need to do this one, but God, just imagine... There's probably a version of this game where they really wanted to have you do all three of these. Yeah, like that make the suck. plot fail at, at like they can't jump on at the first two moments. Oh, yeah, that was they would have. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 100 percent. Or oh, OK, or worse, they would have had one person, maybe Renoa gets on it the first or second, and then the rest oh, of you have to. God. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be mm-hmm. horrendous. 
That would be terrible. So speak, uh, speaking of Xenogears ass shit, um, yeah. gigantic floating monolith uh, dredged up mm-hmm. from the sea is mm-hmm. some Tetsuya Takahashi ass shit. Yeah. Also Ark the Lad 2. Also Ark the Lad 2. Uh, which I, it's, that's like East one and two. I never think of two as a separate thing. It's just art, the no, one, one and two game. together. Yeah. They're yeah. One game. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm reminded that Xenogears started out as FF Final Fantasy seven. Yeah. And yeah, it, with some of this stuff, because it, this really does have Xenogears DNA all over it, even if it's not intentional. It's just wild. Well, do you know what the, also, this reminds me of Evangelion. Yeah, I, of course. I yeah. mean, yes. Yeah. 100%. Yes. Yeah. I guess while Features we're also talking about uh, earlier versions of FF7, when you were mentioning uh, Idea's drip last episode, I was definitely thinking, mm. yeah, but this is just Ayabrea's work outfit. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. The, 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 the Parasite Eve parallels are also here in spades. Women who could get it on the uh, PS1. Thanks, Squaresoft. <laughs> God, I'm still so, <laughs> so angry. Like 10 or however many years it's been later oh, yeah. that the third birthday is so shitty. And that oh, it com- yeah. And that God. it completely killed all potential interest in revisiting Parasite ever I, again. I just, I just love that it couldn't even just be horny trash. They had to make it horny trash that's also gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah like, like they, they, mm-hmm. they, they turned it up to like 15 <laughs> that ending is still one of the all-time top 10 worst decisions in this genre i, I like I, this is this is a huge I, I know the gravity of what i'm saying here but the third birthday might be the most cursed squaresoft game Hmm. I think it depends on what you mean by cursed. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. But it's definitely top three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, with this mention of Lunatic Pandora, monsters and Galbadian soldiers start to flood into the city, and the express lifts uh, get disabled. In addition to this chaos... Uh, there's one NPC who looks normal, but if you talk to him, it turns into a mini-boss fight with Elanoil, uh, an upgraded version of the Chin Monster boss from the Dalit mission. You can mm-hmm. also uh, actually repeat this fight as many times as you can fit into the time frame uh, if you want to get energy crystals. When you do hit a rendezvous point, so there are, yeah, three different rendezvous points that give you directions to these rendezvous points, but then also, conveniently, uh, there will be NPCs, at least at the first rendezvous point, because that's the only one I fucking needed, um, uh-huh. that, that's like, I think this is the spot, but uh, it's coming later, basically. So... When Yeah, when you do hit a rendezvous point, you can fight some G-soldiers and enter the teal-green mine-like area that we revisited back uh, with Laguna in Disc 1. Uh, if you did all the correct bits with the keys and the trap doors, you can collect all the goodies here, though you will get another shot at it if you, say, get thrown out of the dungeon prematurely, uh, which happened to me. So uh, once you hit a certain screen, a mech descends, anti-grabs your party, and yeets them out into the city. Uh, we are told that it is heading back to Tears Point, which is a bad sign. 
So then we cut to space. Out there, basically this entire section is a massive 2001 A Space Odyssey reference. You know, they're, they're playing classical music. In this case, it's the Waltz of the Balanfish, which is just, you know, trying to do that thing again. You know, it's a big yeah. base that like it rotates. It's circular for its gravity. Yeah. Very much on the nose. We see a man in a spacesuit who's being told no, who's he's called the president and uh, he approves the arrival of these VIP visitors. And then we watch the pods, you know, get caught uh, by like uh, like. They have these like lines of uh, like laser tarps that like slow them down. And I just I fucking love it. Yeah. It's just cool shit. And I, yeah, I love how precise they have to be because they're very small. <laughs> they're small targets. And yet they hit them every time. I don't know. I just think it's cool. And they get uh, brought into the station and then we control Squall in a zero G like in zero G as he gets let out of his um, suspended animation pod. And it, the nice thing here, I th- I like that it's um, at like a 90 degree angle, like everything is just canted sideways. It's a little annoying to try to figure out depth, though, because they're not very um, like the perspective is hard to tell how much forward and backwards you are. And that becomes a bigger problem later. But you first notice it here. Uh, so. We meet a guy, his name is Piet, he's one of the staff members, uh, he is escorts us to the med bay where we leave Renoa for now. And Squall, of course, turns to the guard who's going to be watching her and be like, you better keep her safe. You don't don't do anything stupid. And it's like, shut the fuck up, guy. (laughs) Leave him alone. He's just doing his job. Squall has turned into Knuckles from that fan parody comic. Renoa! (laughs) Emeralds! Yeah, he's so aggro. He is just... So aggro. Unbelievably aggro. Mm Mm-hmm. So there are a couple places you can explore on the base. Uh, so you, if you go to the command center, you'll be invited to check out the moon. We find out that the surface of the moon is filled with monsters and uh, they've been very active lately. And it turns out that the monsters on Gaia, the planet that this game takes on, takes place on, they came from the moon because of an event called the lunar cry, where the monsters will descend from the moon onto the earth. And uh, it's very funny because the guy who shows you this says, didn't you learn that in school? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you you can get um, there's a couple extra bonus scenes you can get by looking at the computer monitors and it'll show you a CG cutscene of it. It looks real goofy, though. <laughs> like, yeah, the whole thing with the monsters is kind of silly. These monsters came from the moon. Exactly. Uh, so, OK, <laughs> I. Mm, all right. Uh, there, disc three is just, it's, it's just go with it. The game, uh, (laughs) there, there, there is so much whiplash here because, you know, beyond all of the stuff at the beginning of disc three, where we deal with all the sorceress stuff and all of those info dumps. Now it's like, Hey, surprise, there is a whole super city civilization that has been cloaked for the last 17 years. Then they have a moon base and we just take it in stride. And then we get, uh, you know, Final Fantasy-ism, just Final Fantasy things. Check this box. There's evil on the moon. Moon's haunted. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I do like that the, that the, like, the lunar cry is related to the tides. It's just on a much longer tide cycle. I think mm-hmm. that's neat. But also the idea, uh, like, that we see in the cutscene later of just, like, 
all of these monsters bunched up and just like it's gross. It's yeah, no, it's very very incongruous. We're gonna talk uh-huh. about it in a second, yeah. but it's just uh-huh. the whole uh-huh. concept is goof troop. Just yeah. goof troop. Yeah. Goof troop my ass. This is the Dragon Riders of Pern. Yeah, no, yes, it you're right. It is. Oh, oh, this is the other thing that I wanted to say here is I know that the song that's playing here is a 2001 reference i mm-hmm. also still think the song is bad <laughs> it to me it's really waltz.jpg mm-hmm. or sorry sorry waltz.mid <laughs> i think it's the thing waltz.jpg <laughs> i don't know why i went to that for cuz that, that you know that's usually what we're using that reference for yes no sure. it's very waltz.mid mhm Boy, typing that into Google got me some good results. <laughs> oh, One no. moment. Going to recording text now. What? <laughs> that, 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 that's like... That's like Normie Ray Liotta. <laughs> that's the first result I got. That was wonderful. Waltz.jpg got me rich waltz. <laughs> Uh, well, at least now we have episode art. <laughs> I have to, like, put him on the moon somehow. Mm-hmm. Great. Turn the white background into the moon. Just put him in the void. Yep. <laughs> on the way up to the living quarters. <laughs> no, no, I got to put a, I gotta put him under saran wrap is what I got to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the way up to the living quarters, there's a pair of NPCs who are looking out the window. If you talk to them, you get a cutscene that depicts the sorceress Adele trapped in what looks like a vacuum-sealed shrink-wrap prison floating outside of the base. The NPCs tell us the president was responsible for her capture, which led to the end of the sorceress war, and that they put her out in space to try and avoid anyone unsealing her. Apparently, the president himself looks after her in prison personally which we see ourselves as a man in a spacesuit checks the device this is where i guessed it by the way because mm-hmm. that's that's just too on the nose mm-hmm. we also learned that adele is the source of the interference that prevents transmission of information through the air this this is such this is such a genova remix like mm-hmm. for real also the fact that like an imprisoned sorceress is the manofsky particle that's neat also um huh right mm. so like dr odin knew that adele was up here and i think that he also was shooting renoa into space not just to cure her but also to get renoa and adele close to each other just to see what would happen so mm-hmm. fuck o- dr odin again so yeah, much. Yeah, because they find out very soon that, by the way, you're not a sorceress anymore. That girl that just went up to space is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and, like, just the whole, like, Estar's philosophy being, we can't destroy anything. We have to contain and control it. Mm-hmm. That's going to backfire immediately. 
I would just like to point out that uh, while we're talking about parallels to the Dragon Riders of Pern, you know what they did that was smart when they had to deal with the Lunar Cry? They decided, we have rockets. Move the comet that spits evil at us out of our orbit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it took them a few hundred years to work it out because it only came by every so often, but they did that. I'm just saying, maybe if we have rockets and space tech, we just fling Adele out into space. Let's JoJo yeah. this bitch. Yeah, that would make yeah. a lot more sense, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, but in, but instead, yeah. contain and control. Good yeah. job, uh, idiots. Do we do we want to talk about? what we see of Adele at this point, or do we want to save that for later? Cause let's, let's save it. Cause she's, okay. cause we're going to see more of her soon. Yeah. yeah. She very, um, extremely evil monster looking. Like, yes. Very unhuman looking in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. What if you tried to describe Eve from parasite Eve, but you were having like the MS paint adventures crew draw it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the other thing, well, no, that I think we should get into when, when we actually see her like in motion, because there's, there's, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. there's some, there's some stuff. I've got some thoughts about her. Um, anyway, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. anyway, we go meet Alone. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. There, there are some funny triple triad card shenanigans here. (laughs) Yeah. Because Piet yeah. has the Alexander card and Elone has Laguna's card, and it's very funny that you can play them now, but the rules are bad because it's triple triad. That yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. That was uh that was exactly the tone of voice I wrote that in. Keyboards. Like if you uh yeah, LNA is just like, really? You want to play cards now? And then does. You have a sickness, Squall. You have a sickness. <laughs> you turned the dog into a card. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so when you meet Elena, she again thanks Squall and apologizes to him for putting him and his friends through all of those flashbacks. Squall's like, well, did it help at all? And she's like, yeah, because it showed me how much I was loved when I thought that I wasn't loved because I've had an extremely difficult life or I've had to be like running away from the army my whole life for fear that I get exploited uh and then she says it's not the past that changes it's you which is not correct it is also (laughs) the past that changes also the past that changes (laughs) this power makes no fucking sense yeah that's true Uh but but in more like in more of a jrpg friendly way than than some other things in this game that don't make sense so it i just hand wave it Mm-hmm. I just keep thinking of a quote that has stuck with me for years now, which is just, they can't follow us if cars are frogs. Jorno, your power sucks so much. Stop using it. <laughs> that's, what, that's what comes to mind whenever something like this comes up. I just always think of that line. Your power <laughs> sucks so much. Stop using it. That's Alone. <laughs> uh, her powers do suck, but everyone wants the powers, so maybe yes. they're good, actually. <laughs> That's why Squall has turned into a weird time junkie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just need hit. another hit, hit of Laguna, man. Yeah. <laughs> Spe- 
Speaking of which, he's like, hey, hey, can you send me into Renoa's past? And uh, because he wants to like warn so that he, he wants to warn her of what's coming, but also see what actually happened. It's like a twofold thing. And mm-hmm. Alone says, listen, I don't know Renoa like I know the rest of you that I've been projecting into. I need to like have personal knowledge of someone in order to actually do like past diving into them. Squall's like, please, I just need another hit. Please, I need to save Renoa. This is the only thing that I care about right now, please. And she's like, all right, fine. I'll go try to meet Renoa in the lab and he's like oh that's the stuff (laughs) (gasps) on the way there though we have an ellie uh in xenogears moment or um an ash from galerian's moment that's a reference just for me no that's for me too Hell yeah. Um, where, yeah, Renoa, in seeming comatose fashion, rises from her med pod, clearly possessed, uh, and the alarm starts sounding. Uh, they have this phasing effect on her that looks like she's, like, stumbling, and there's, like, three or four of her that are all kind of stumbling in the same frame at once. Uh, very neat. Ripped off from FF7. Yeah, oh, also true. Um, <laughs> Squall sees her in the hallway, but every time he tries to catch her, he is blasted away by a magical force. And the hilarious thing is, you can just keep doing that over and over again, and it gets funnier every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I did just to kill time because I had to wait for the yeah. scene. Yeah. yeah, actually, you can make it faster by just leaving the leaving to the next screen and then it just fast forwards. Oh, oh of course. <laughs> well, I got my comedy. <laughs> God. So we follow Renoa to the control room where she disengages the first round of locks on Adele's prison. She then heads to the airlock, puts on a spacesuit, and heads out into space. Squall also puts on a spacesuit and tries to follow, but is unable to make it outside before the dock's doors are locked off. Uh, meanwhile, the monsters on the moon have begun to amass as Lunatic Pandora stops above Tears Point. Uh, the resulting residents. Uh, draws the monsters enough that they end up bursting from the uh, surface of the moon and start flying towards the planet in a giant, like, column torrent. And Speaking it, of legendary white seed. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it looks like a giant pimple just popped. That's just, that's the only imagery that makes sense here. <laughs> it Yeah, it does. It does seem like that. Even though it's it's trying to be an eyeball, right? Because lunar cry, and then like some right. of the views straight on, it looks like an eyeball. But well, and then it, it looks like a tear, kind of, kind of, yeah, <laughs> the grossest tear ever. Yeah, no, it really it does look like a pimple popping, and then yeah, there's just a massive column of baddies streaming towards Earth. I just mm, this happened 17 years ago. And then also happened a hundred plus years ago. People were alive 17 years ago mm-hmm. that weren't in Esthar. Why does no one outside Esthar remember the lunar cry? Why was it not taught in schools? Well, the, the thing is, it's supposed to be taught in schools. I think Squall and like, team just didn't listen. <laughs> well, no, because that what the guy who's like, didn't you or learn maybe, this at or maybe is right. an Esthar yeah, guy. Maybe the Esthar people teach it and then nobody else does i don't know that you would think that would be a big thing because it's like check out this wmd basically that just happened Mm -hmm. and was uh apparently used outside of esthar as well but the big thing with tears point is that it the residents of 
the uh, the the crystal column inside of it or crystal tower, whatever it's called, is most strong at Tears Point. So, like, I guess also maybe it's mostly was familiar with that. You're right. It doesn't make a lot of sense that it's kind of a thing that comes out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So Renoa floats out to Adele's prison device and deactivates the lock. The device uh, then, you know, floats back and is subsumed by the flow of monsters. And Renoa is knocked away, floating without any control. And Adele then descends from there down to the earth and gets sucked into the lunatic Pandora, seemingly caught by like what looks like a bunch of like rays of light or electricity or something. It's like she got absorbed, sort of caught into it. And Madonna goes, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um. The the animation of this cutscene is kind of nonsensical after a certain point. Like oh, it, yeah, it for sure. It stop when 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 the meeting point between the monsters and Lunatic Pandora happens. It's kind of hard to tell what's going on. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it looks like Adele like phases through matter, and like you start to see like the crystal uh, top, like the core inside glow through the walls. It mm-hmm. just starts that. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It looks cool, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. It's just that um, I've praised this game's CG cutscenes for their, like, for your ability to follow their direction uh, the whole game. And so I just wanted to point out that this one does did not for that. Oh, oh. And isn't this the place where there's, like, a Star Wars sound effect of, like, one of, like, like a spaceship laser shooting that gets used when it enters the thing. I think it is like, it I'm going to cut it in because it's like a very specific sound that every time I'm like, that's a star Wars sound. Don't do that. <laughs> also, I want to point out, I have just been hoisted. I thought Ray of light was a 2000 album, but no, it came out a year before this. So apparently FF eight ripped off Madonna's music videos for that. album. <laughs> You know, the ones where she turns into a goth witch repeatedly and then yeah. turns into traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Straight Good. up, Wait. every video on that album is something that this game is ripping off. Yep. She, she turned into a car? Yeah. What is this, no, antenna? she turns into traffic itself. Yeah, she turns into the actual beams of headlights in a city. Mm-hmm. I need to watch this. Can you drop this in recording text? Uh, I know this nothing is the about video these. for Ray of Light. One second. Mm-hmm. Oh, that... I've, I remember Rhea Light existing. I don't think I've ever watched it, though. Yeah, she's basically uh, in a fast motion seizure dance and constantly turning into the flow of traffic in Los Angeles at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, she turns into a witch and plays chess with death while being uh, emo. Hell yeah. It, it's some very good video game from Madonna. <laughs> so... Back on the station, everyone runs to the escape pods because the base is about to be destroyed by the Lunar Cry. Rip. Squall pleads for LNA to try sending him into Renoa's past, uh, shouting that he's like never wanted anything else more in his life. And this is like the most, yes, like the most petulant he sounds in this entire game. And she agrees as Squall then straps himself into his uh, like little seat for the escape pod. And so we get a real generic flashback carnival. First, we see the scene during the prison break where where Renoa forces Irvine to turn around so they can go rescue their friends. 
and Squall comes back to himself and goes, "That's too much. We need to we need to go less far." <laughs> I like to imagine he's doing the Hans Moleman voice because that's how I always read that. <laughs> we then see the scene where Renoa asks Zell to get Squall's ring so she can have one made to match, which again is still kind of creepy, but whatever. It, the interesting thing with that one, though, is like for whatever reason, the camera angle is like from behind a glass, like a water glass. And it's hmm. just it's it's an interesting directing choice. That was someone just flexing. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. And then finally, we get what we actually came here for, which is the aftermath of the final fight on disc two. And we hear Renoa whisper. Well, we don't hear because nobody voice acts a damn thing. Renoa whispers in Cypher's ear, Oh, my loyal knight Cypher, the sorceress is alive. The sorceress demands. Find the legendary lunatic Pandora, said to be hidden beneath the ocean. Only then shall the sorceress provide you with dreams again. <laughs> a little detail that I really like here is that Elone isn't actually diving into Renoa's past in the same way. She's using the people who she can dive into because she knows them. So mm. it's like the first time oh, yeah. it's Irvine, the second time it's Zell, the third time it's Cypher. And like those are, that's how she accesses Renoa because she never meets Renoa to get to know her. So her power doesn't work. The game doesn't ever make this text, but I think it's neat anyway. Yeah, I would have never thought that, especially because that last scene is seen from the same camera angle perspective as Squall's was at the end of disc two. But you're right. It, I guess it has to be Cypher's um, mm -hmm. because she knew Cypher as a kid. And then also you could hear what she was saying at the time. Right. Like right. That, that's actually pretty clever. But it does not tell you that at all, like, like, no, directly. And it could be accidental. It's just it's just I noticed yeah. that it was yeah. it was a thing. Well, the 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 thing that become that kind of breaks that is the last time where they like go into your most recent one and she's by herself in space. So, yeah, no, that's true. Also, the, is it what is it? Uh she she says some bullshit. I'm taking you to the present past, the closest present to the future. <laughs> I fucking hate Japanese grammar. <laughs> All right. So Squall puts it together that Renoa inherited Adea's power, which also means we think Dr. O would have probably figured this out and mentioned something when he tried to suck the sorceress out of her earlier. I don't fucking know. There's a lot of holes in this. And so this means Altamesia is now possessing Renoa through the Adea power, and Cypher rises saying, As you wish, Altamesia. Because of course he knew about the actual true villain, because otherwise none of this would make any sense. Mm -hmm. And so Renoa thinks, Squall, I'm scared, before passing out. Next to her, we see an apparition of Sorceress Altamesia who seemingly detects Squall's presence, and... Uh, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care! At the very least, this fills in the plot hole of why Galbadia is still a thing, because it's like, oh, 
Cypher wasn't ever Adea's thrall. He was Ultimisha's thrall. And so that must have given him some kind of competent command ability. The the Galbadian soldiers, the rank-and-file Galbadian soldiers, have less than zero reason to follow Cypher at this point. But I guess they are just dead-enders who don't know what else to do with their lives. I mean, he was the second in command Mm -hmm. in a bunch of giant military parades. I guess that when the boss keels over... You'd go with, well, who fits the shoes? Yeah, fair. I, but yeah. I, I kind of assume that Galbadia would just cease being a secondary threat at this point. But just it's just not the case. They're the reason why Lunatic Pandora moved, obviously, now at this point. Mm. Yeah. Also, I, it's real fun to imagine Cypher wearing those pumps. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, the whole thing that Cypher goes and pulls that off off screen with like no forewarning and like i mean for one thing it, it it does you know the only times we've seen cypher in control of people yeah it was military parades and like telling some motorcyclists to go jump off a ramp yeah right like we haven't really seen him interact too much with like the power structure or the command structure of the galbadian army and right. yeah, that that's what adds to that disconnect because like it, it could, who knows? Maybe they think that Cypher, it's the same thing with Squall. Everyone be like, Squall, I respect you. Maybe the Galbadia soldiers are like, yeah, I'm afraid of you. But also, if you tell me something, I'm going to do it. You know, because you clearly have some kind of sense of command. Sure. But I don't, it's not on the page or on the screen at all. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 and this is, so you know, in... In our Xenosaga 3 season, mm-hmm. when Sybil kept telling us about the behind-the-scenes stuff where it was clear that, in her words, um, the wheels were coming off the wagon, and it was just kind of amazing how they managed to staple and hot glue things together so that mm-hmm. it all hung together. This is starting to feel like a version of that that failed where they had all oh, these yeah. disparate parts. They were running out of time to get the game finished and out the door. And they were like, ah, fuck, we got to glue these parts together. Um, I mean, like at this point yeah. of the, like at this point of the game, like there are two dungeons left. <laughs> mm-hmm. There are two dungeons left. And one of them is a place we've already been to twice. <laughs> right. Right. And, do we have the converse? No, I guess the conversation with Laguna is not until next episode. No. Yeah, okay. I was double checking yeah. things with the notes to make sure earlier. Okay. That's yeah, why no, I just I, said, I, this is where I figured it out. Okay. So, uh, because it, like that, that's where I want to bring up Xenogears. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so Squall then asks to go into Renoa's most recent future. Alone says that she is giving. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I need I need a second to to Here, read that let again. Me, but let me give you a second to do this. I will also point out Cipher is so unloved there is no fan art of him cross dressing anywhere on the internet that I can find. I got more hits rip. for Cipher from Kingdom Hearts. Woof! Oh mm-hmm. damn, poor Cipher. Yeah, so 
yeah, Squall asks to go into Renoa's most recent future. He's very much like, come on, come on, let's try it again. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. Um, Alone uh, says that, hey, Squall, you're uh, you're given the uwu eyes. You're given the puppy dog eyes that you had <laughs> as as a kid when you really wanted something. Um, Squall's like, whatever. I was a kid then. That's back in the past. And Alone responds, yes, and I realize now that only the present matters, which irony thank you alone thank you uh and then tells him to uh go just reach out and talk to her uh your voice might not reach her but your heart sure will we then see renoa floating in space thinking sad thoughts to herself as her life support system runs out of juice squall is of course dream screaming at her not to give up we see her breath slow, then stop as she drifts on. She opens her eyes to see her necklace holding squalls and her ring both floating in front of her face. And she, uh, she realizes that she realizes that she's somehow still alive. She thinks squalls' name and presses a button, and her air returns. Um, that uh, what this is is uh, she's not pressing a button because this is a dream of the future and not the present. This is after Squall has already been launched out because he's glimpsing what will happen. And he has grabbed her and attached his air to her little port. Um, Excuse me, what? So, yeah. He's <laughs> really? rescued her. Yes. We're, we're glimpsing her rescue. We're, we're glimpsing her rescue here. I, so she's I not just like, that... see, I never thought that it was a future event that they were seeing. I thought it was like basically what looking at 10 seconds ago. No, I, I think it's, I think it's witnessing like three minutes from now is how I took all of this. Oh, I, I just took it as this doesn't make any fucking sense. Oh yeah. No. Cause, cause, cause yeah, <laughs> yeah. Her air, it, there wouldn't just be a button that would restore her air. I, it, I re- this, I really think this is after they do the thing where they fall into each other's arms and he is able to like hook up his air tube into her suit. Like I would more believe you if you said that she realized she was a sorceress and just cast arrow inside her suit. <laughs> and there you go. Some air. <laughs> Squall wakes up. Thanks, Alone, and heads out to Renoa. Uh, this also, this has really taken a toll on Alone, and she, like, has collapsed onto her knees at this mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. She would have a nosebleed if this were, like, higher fidelity. <laughs> right. Uh, which, you know, uh, wow. So you, the, your little sister, your, your rather, your, your adoptive older sister who uh, gave you, like, every piece of abandonment and unhealthy attachment that you have uh, is in front of you, finally reunited, and you just, like, overwork her magic power in order to get your girlfriend back. Come on, Squall. But also, I get it. But I mean, I don't get it, like, fuck. It's not... Listen, I just <laughs> I don't get the emotional it truth way. of it feels good though, right? Like that's what you really care. <laughs> well, this is the thing is that I yeah, I adore this next scene. I love it so much. So the way that we have to get there, um maybe matters a little less to me. So anyway, we play a little mini game where we try to line up to catch Renoa who is floating in space. It's possible to mess this up and actually die, which is very funny. And when you catch up to her, uh, she thanks him, saying, I heard your voice. They have a quiet moment together before thinking, well, uh, what do we do now? 
I want to just talk about something, and I'm going to lead back into this. Mm-hmm. I'm going somewhere with this. Remember the end of Xenosaga 3, where Alan yeah. steps out and really comes into his own and does things, and there's consequence standing up against Kevin and that whole scene? Mm-hmm. That is the good version of this. What we just witnessed is Squall completely pestering a magic woman over and over. Come on, give me more, give me more, give me more. And it's taking a toll on her. And eventually it means that he gets the babe and she's like, I thought of you too. And this is some absolute, I'm wearing her down bullshit. Horrible absolute emotional terrorism on Squall's part. This is what happens if you do Alan wrong. This sucks shit. I hear you, and I believe you to an extent, Mm. but then when he catches her and the song starts playing, I cry. (laughs) So, (laughs) we all contain multitudes. (laughs) What has Squall done other than fling himself out into space once he's finally had Alone do all of the work? I mean, I think really what we're supposed to... I mean, this is just the big... I mean, this is literally the big leap of faith where he's like, I don't care about myself, really. I'm not even thinking about how to get out of here. All I know is I need to go catch up with her because if I do nothing, she's just going to be lost forever. But, and like, <laughs> but there's not even a leap of faith because he had Alone, according to one of these interpretations, look mm-hmm. into the future and go, oh, you're good. Yeah, I don't see that's what I even taking it on faith. But well, the thing he, is, he's she's she's still out in space and going to eventually die just because she has a little bit of air. Uh, right. It's not going to save her is the thing. I mean, I thought that like. I mean, they really milk the running out of air thing. Like they take a long time. And I think actually it's not necessarily I wouldn't call it poorly paced. Like they they really sit in that moment for a while. But um, yeah, I I think that really it's just. This is the biggest act that Squall right now can do to reach out to her when she's been reaching out to him over and over and over again, and he's been rejecting it. But then again, and it's also like to, to me, it feels like a like a practically suicidal thing to do. Right. Because he doesn't have a plan. And when he catches up to her, he's like, well, what do we do now? We're running out. We're low on oxygen. We're just floating out here. Guess I'll die. <laughs> I guess we'll die. And he I, I, I think the other thing is that he Lala sooned her like he, he his 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 spiritual call saved her. And I like that little that that. That connection, the the all of the buildup, like Matt has been saying about mm-hmm. about him rejecting, 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 and then when he finally does, it has it has the power to reach across the stars and 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 touch her and revive her. Mm-hmm. That yes, it all he did was launch himself at an airlock, but in <laughs> but, but but his but his heart called out to her and it worked. It worked. No, no, you know, it just kind of reminds me of it reminds me of the scene in Everything Everywhere All at Once where Michelle Yeoh has to say I love you to Jamie Lee Curtis, but mean it. And mm. like this is the moment where she most like he actually like means it means it. 
uh, and it and it works. Mm. But a third party did all of the work. There's no growth. There's there's a line from the flawed but excellent Constantine with Keanu Reeves and mm. Tilda Swinton. The angel Gabriel is chastising him because, sure, you had a conversion. You believe in God now because you literally saw proof of heaven and hell. It's not mm-hmm. faith, John. You don't get credit for knowing the answer on the test. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. There's no reaching out. This is, he only made a move after everything was done for him. He continues to be an emotionally stunted baby man regressing. <laughs> yeah, I just don't see it as regressing. I just think it's it's still it's impulsive. That's the thing. It's that he's finally taken off his, you know, emotional, res- you know, dampeners or whatever. And now he's like just full on just, you know, letting it all out mode. And but in 10 seconds, he's going to push her away again. Which is the thing I hate the most, actually, in this part of the game, uh, which yeah. we'll talk about in a second. Like, that's when he just, like, clams back up and it's like, what the fuck are you doing, my guy? <laughs> yeah, you- no, I mean, I I, I get why he clams back up, but uh, it, my my notes, uh, definitely all caps, just says, my guy just kiss her at a certain point. Uh, like, this is... <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't see it as regressing either. I I it may not even be it might, it's like progress but like very minimally progress because you think progress right. would also mean ha- learning to control and accept your feelings. Like this is just it's shotgunning he's shotgunning his feelings out so much and that's better than what he was doing before but it's definitely <laughs> not a complete like character growth moment. Right. And I and I do I do wish that the game reckoned at all with the collateral damage of his emotional outbursts. Like, yeah, but yeah. the thing is that Alone is just like, well, he helped me out when I sent him into memories against his will. So I guess it's time for me to help him out. And she's very much like, oh, I'm so glad he found her. And that like that kind of hook letting is a bummer. Mm-hmm. But. Like. I. I don't know. Is it just like, is it, is it the way it's directed? Is it, is it the way that the music comes back in? Is it just that I've been like waiting for (laughs) them to finally be able to mutually acknowledge love and it happens one time uh, so far? Like maybe, I don't, I don't know, but yeah, I really, I love this. (laughs) I will not in any way give either of you crap for saying this moment gets you right in the feels or mm. this lands for you but i just can't see squall as anything but a complete emotional failure and this does not feel like progress to me this feels like running the people around him into the ground for his next fix. Well, and fun- funnily enough, that that bit there is one of the one of the things that proponents of the Squall's Dead theory point to as this being some like fantastical death dream um is mm-hmm. that like 
he is able to have these emotional outbursts that end up giving him the thing that he wants instead of ever backfiring. Mm-hmm. When yeah, we're you, you, done with this, I'm going to have to look up the theory in detail because I only mm-hmm. know it existed. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it, it's mm-hmm. the thing at the end of disc one and then everything after he's dead. So right. I want to read what the actual case mm-hmm. for that is once I don't have to worry about spoilers. Yeah, it is. It's a very interesting case. I think it's fucking yeah. wrong, but it is a very mm-hmm. interesting document at the very least. I'm starting to think this might be the kind of thing that I absolutely uh, empathize with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it would be amazing, though, if like, I guess the closest thing Square Enix that I have played anyway have done to what Squall's Dead is trying to do is what happens with uh, Sarah at the end of 13-2, right? <laughs> Where it's mm-hmm. like, wow, we did the bummer ending. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that would be mm-hmm. a real bummer ending for this game if Squall was just like, you know, stabbed through the heart and all that. Uh, I can think of one, but, you know, Yoko Taro bullshit. Right. Uh, sure, sure, sure. I guess that, yeah, that is Square Enix. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, luckily, after the seed, they get together. I, I do like the shot of them, like, framed against the Lunar Cry. Uh, I think that's a nice, like, three second shot or whatever it is. Yeah. Right by them, uh, there is this Dragon Zord looking spaceship that's just floating around it's like spinning around nearby it's unmanned and they're like all right i will take it sounds good Mm -hmm. so they head towards it grab the hull make their way into the airlock and luckily it still has breathable air and uh after changing out of their spacesuits i I like the little hops they do in before they take their spacesuits off when it's still low gravity i don't know i think that's cute they take off their spacesuits and renoa just like puts her arms out and be like hey Give me a hug. And Squall's like, uh, n- no, no. And she's like, hey, come on. I thought I was gonna, I thought I was going to die out there. And like, would it hurt you at all to just show some kind of physical affection? I mean, look, you just did this thing where you jumped out in the space. And uh, Squall's like, uh, let's 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 just get home first. <laughs> I I mean, number one, I think he is terrified of reciprocation now that he has the thing he's like oh god no this this you know i he's he's overcommitted <laughs> he overplayed his hand he will <laughs> and also he's still he still has that fear of losing the people he loves it, it as irrational as it is and so now that like she's alive and safe again he's like i i i i can't be vulnerable because if i'm vulnerable then she dies like it that seems to be his thinking or at least uh that's been my thinking in my earlier romances so sure i'm not out there saving ex-partners lives on the regular or anything i just yeah that's as a person with outsized fears of abandonment i i i got this i guess Mm. Look, I'm a big violent thug. I'm not going to say that all of my romantic partnerships and uh, moves have ever been the greatest. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, uh, they find out quickly that the ship is actually not uninhabited. Large space monsters called the Propagators have moved in uh, in the time that this ship has been out in space. There are eight of them in pairs of two by color. Uh, So there's like yellow red purple green 
and the trick is to kill uh, the same color monsters back to back so that they don't uh, revive each other. So if you end up running into one that's a different color, it'll revive the one you just killed. The funny thing, like they're kind of goofy looking. Uh, I, I don't know. They look like they have like these weird rib cages sticking out. Like I, they feel like they, they're a reference to something, but I'm not sure what. I like that they look sufficiently alien at the very They do least. look really alien, yeah. Like, yeah. the moon creatures look like they're not of Gaia, which is mm-hmm. neat. But yeah. Yeah. The thing is, if you don't figure out the trick, there is, in one of the rooms, there's a little computer you can read a little log that says, by the way, there's eight of these motherfuckers uh, in a colony, and you gotta kill them same color at the time. So, at least it tells you that, but... The funny thing is, like, they they will ambush you. A couple of them, like, move really fast. So, like, if you hesitate at all or don't know which direction to run in to get to the next screen, like, you will run into them by accident. Like, they will body you. Mm-hmm. And some of those animations are hilariously violent. Like, the yellow one in the, like, um, passenger observatory deck, like, that one just fucking decks you off screen. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> So when you get into battle, you do find out one new thing, uh, potentially, is that Renoa has a new limit break called Angel Wing, where essentially she goes magic berserk and starts using spells in her inventory without actually using them. They actually don't get used up, but they don't spend. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they don't spend. And she just does this until the battle ends or she gets knocked out. And her magic damage during this time is multiplied by five times. And that even includes Demi. So Mm -hmm. like if you... If you casted Demi and your enemy has, well, fewer than 10,000 health, it will kill the enemy immediately. It does hit the damage uh, limit, which is 9999. Yeah. One neat thing about this versus Selfie's limit break, uh, which you have to kind of like RNG re-roll a bunch of times to get the good stuff, is mm-hmm. that... Um, Angel Wing seems to know what Renoa's like 10 most powerful spells are and uses mm-hmm. those most often. It uses like the Agas, it uses like Quake, it uses um yeah. the the beefy stuff, um, which is cool. I I like this puzzle, uh this 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 battle puzzle. I only wish that the different colors of these monsters had slightly different attacks or behaviors because it really is mm. eight identical enemies, yeah. but just in pairs of two. Yeah, this is the point where the you hit the monster so hard that they disintegrate like immediately was mm. the funniest because this was literally one hit and they were gone before the explosion animation <laughs> came off screen. They just look like they disappeared. <laughs> so funny. Also funny is that if you are using Squall's Limit Breaks and you get the Blasting Zone animation, which he basically puts his, uh, he, he does the pose on the uh, the original Star Wars poster where he points his, uh, points his sword to the sky, a big giant ass beam comes out of it and it comes off of the surface of the earth and then he lands it on the enemy, which takes a long time and looks cool, but really doesn't do a lot of damage. <laughs> it's just like one extra hit. It's really silly. But uh, if you do this in space, the animation still shows the uh, the beam coming off the surface of the planet. Oops. <laughs> you can't always get that little extra bit of spice. Mm-hmm. Never say my songs on the stage on my own. Never said my words. Wishing they would be heard 
After gaining control of the ship and heading to the bridge, they hear a radio calling for the Ragnarok. Squall answers, and the operator is delighted because the ship has been missing for 17 years, has just re-emerged, and thankfully someone who speaks English is on board. Really handy. <laughs> they are given autopilot instructions. At this point, Renoa just drops into Squall's lap to cuddle as Eyes on Me begins playing. And Squall has no idea how to react to this, while Renoa, bless her heart, asks Squall, didn't your parents hold you like this? <laughs> she fucking rub at, it in, Renoa. She was I at know. the orphanage last time, wasn't she? Yeah. At the end yeah, of this Yeah, too? she just found this out. She knows, she she knows she's parents. an orphan. She just woke up from both a possession and a coma. To, like, to give her a little bit, a little bit of leeway there. But yeah, come on. That was a mean-ass comment. What a to step on. Yeah. That's extremely funny. Uh, Squall, obviously, because he's not that emotionally stable, says, no, I'm a loner with abandonment issues, remember? And I never had any parents. And Renoa's like, well, this was great when my mom held me like this, so I feel like you need to get a complex out of it. And he's like, <laughs> way ahead of you, babe. But also, she says, mom also gave me the most disappointment and frustration, too. Not that you're ever going to know what that's like. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, love scene, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, the Estar radio guy comes back and is like, hey, uh, by the way, is Sorceress Renoa on the ship? And turns out Squall was right. Renoa is like, um, I, I can't. I can't stay with you now. Like I just, mm -hmm. and now her desperation to like, to keep the moment going and to like be held is revealed to make a lot more sense because she also kind of figured this was going to happen. Um, she's like, she just, she, I just want time to stop in this moment with the two of us and just like be here forever. The radio then tells them that they will seize Renoa upon landing, and she says that she's scared and doesn't want to go back. Squall finally does reciprocate the hug and hugs her as the screen fades to black. Squall thinks that, for the first time, he does not know what to do. I've come this far because I've fallen for you. Renoa, am I just supposed to let you go? <laughs> On the ground... They are met with Estar officials and soldiers. One of them calls Renoa Hein's descendant, which we now know is a compliment and not an epithet. Renoa, well, except for it's not a sorceress who says it, so maybe it's not a compliment. Uh, Renoa is, is to be sealed away like Adele to protect the world, and Renoa reluctantly agrees to this. Uh, which, God, yeah, she just woke up and now she has to go back into a coma forever again? She then tells Squall that Ultimisha possessed her and that in the world of time compression, only Ultimisha could exist and everyone else would perish. Because of this, she has to go to her own Saran Wrap prison inside the Princess Memorial. At the last moment, 
Squall's like, no, don't go. <laughs> I love that he said Princess Memorial by accident. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Sorceress Memorial. <laughs> because she's the princess, remember? She is the princess. <sighs> At the last moment, Squall's like, no, don't go. Renault's like, but I must. But she still got Squall's ring. Squall's like, keep it. And she leaves. And he thinks to himself, this is Renault's decision. So there's nothing I can do about it, right? And I'm just going to point out again with that uh, Alan comparison, his whole move was, no, this is stupid. Instantly, when she starts going, I've got to die. I got to stay away from the robot. I got to be with Kevin. He goes, fuck this. This is wrong. Mm -hmm. Squall's just like, well, this is this is all right. I guess that's how things work. (laughs) After he has emotionally bullied so many people into doing what he wants. Yeah. Absolute chicken shit behavior. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah this is this is this is so dumb this is like i can't i can't defend this at all it's really it's like he's trying to abdicate any responsibility for for this he's just like if if i were to if it was better signaled the whole fear of loss thing that ryan you were talking about i could believe him trying to use that as his quick out to be like oh well but like after all this yeah like i mean literally Quistus comes in and just calls him a fool to his fucking face. <laughs> well, which is why, I, I mean, I think that this part is intentional, right? This part sure, is like, don't, sure. do, hey, the game realizes that he is still a dumb shit teen. Like mm-hmm. that, so yeah. it's stupid, but it is stupid in keeping with yeah. uh, my vision of Squall, I guess. Yeah. So I'm like, you fucking idiot. But I'm not like, you fucking yeah. game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, a couple of things, it's, uh, the, the rings got mentioned. Um, I forgot to you know i said uh, a couple episodes ago that the ring was never modeled in game that is not true it is seen in that cutscene that we mentioned earlier and uh the nice thing i just dropped it in recording text i do like how they rendered the uh the reflections and the distortions in the rings uh mm-hmm. in that one shot i think that's a nice set a little bit of detail but also the second ring so that's that ring i believe she already had at the beginning of the game i believe we see her grab it when she goes to talk to Adia uh, and try to give her the bangle. I'm pretty sure they don't tell us what this ring is. My guess is that's Julia's wedding band. Hmm. That's yeah, my that makes sense. Band. Yeah. Which also then makes this whole she's wearing her mother's wedding band who was. It, we'll get back to that. We'll get I, you know, it, it just it's a weird juxtaposition of those two rings uh, when we find out other things later. Anyway, so we take Squall to the observation deck, after which your space companion joins in, whoever that happened to be. And then uh, they say, oh, yeah, a lot of shit went down. You know, we we came down in the escape pod and LNA was gone, but it seemed like there was a struggle, but we don't know where she is. Also, Piet's there. You can actually go find the landing zone where you're uh, <laughs> where the landing pod landed and pn mm. is still hanging out there so if you didn't get the alexander card on lunar base you can get him there <laughs> if you want <laughs> that's the only reason why he's there i happen to take quistus and like she has a little thing with squall where she's like hey so uh what were you thinking about when you jumped out into space after renoa hmm? wonder if someone would ever do that for me <laughs> Squall be sorry, Quist is being like, oh, Squall upped his messiness quotient. Don't worry, I'm still messy. <laughs> like, I wish someone were that messy for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then the rest of the party shows up. Zell then gives Squall the rundown about Lunatic Pandora and how Adea is no longer a sorcerer. Oh, and also the 
Pandora is this giant um, crystallized structure that the Galbadian army like dredged out or like they, they dug out of somewhere in Centra and put in a giant box so they can fly it around. And it, it calls the monsters. And apparently this this isn't mentioned here, but did you guys see the giant crater that's in the Trabia continent that you couldn't fly through because of uh, gravitational mm-hmm. forces? That was supposedly caused by Esthar using the Lunatic Pandora to call down the monsters. And that's what caused that crater. Huh. Right. Yeah. I don't know why it has gravitational problems. I don't know why there aren't ridiculous monsters in that area. That's just some lore background. Because sorceress th- bitches can cast five times Demi, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. It, it is funny because I think that the, you know, the scene where Laguna has the movie scene at the begin that we covered, uh, was it last episode? Was that this episode? I don't know. Last episode. Last. Um, that happened in an area that is like in between. It's like a mountain range that connects the Trabia part of the continent to Esthar. And presumably it looked like they saw lunatic Pandora in the distance. And that may have been when they were trying to do that test or calling down that, that attack with the monsters and stuff like that. At least that's my headcanon on what, Mm -hmm. what was going on there. Mm -hmm. But anyway, when Zell asked like, Oh yeah, by the way, Renoa, how's that going? And Squall's like, Oh yeah, no, she's a sorceress. Uh, She went with the Esthar people. Uh, They're going to put her away because it's safer that way. And then Quistus just unleashes on him. Just being like, what you just fucking went to space. You gave us all this shit. You, you made all this other shit happen. You finally get her back. She's alive. She's, you know, conscious. Holy shit. And then you just let her fucking walk out the door. You idiot. And even Zell's just like, yeah, man, <laughs> you're a dumbass. Bad look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then all of a sudden the ship starts flying. And I like this little beat here where like Zell's just like, why are we flying? Uh, it's probably selfie at the controls, huh? And Quistus is like, yeah, she's probably saying woohoo, we're flying. And then you go upstairs and she's saying woohoo, we're flying. That is a <laughs> like, good joke. That is cute. And of course, Irvine's there too, because, you know, he can't be not near selfie. God, I love selfie so much. <laughs> like the whole thing of her just being able to just fly a spaceship. Sure, whatever. That's fine. Millennials cool. are good with tech. Yeah, <laughs> Selfie could whoop my ass in Fortnite using a phone, and I believe she could also probably figure out the spaceship. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you didn't. Y'all didn't just jump to new type. Selfie's a new type, and she just the ship just responded to her, and now it's her ship. I mean, all the seeds are new types in their own way. So <laughs> I know, you I know. know. <laughs> um, Poggers. <but> <laughs> So Squall then you says, "You didn't see the pained look on their faces, viewers." <laughs> <laughs> Sugoi meets Poggers. Uh, <laughs> 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 anyway, <laughs> uh, Squall then says, "All right, all right." I immediately changed my decision. We're going to Esthar. We're going to take her back. I don't even know where LNA is anyway, if I wanted to do anything about that. So we're just going to go to the Sorcerer's Memorial and get Renoa back. And that's where we're ending this episode. Yeah. Thoughts about going into space. God, we had such good conversations in the moment that I feel like 
yeah. we've covered a lot of my wrap up thoughts. I just like <sighs> I'm gonna be chewing on this Ragnarok scene for a while because it is very emotionally affecting, but like Sybil, you are convincing me of Squall's emotional terrorism a little bit. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it I this is it's got a it's got a forward momentum it's got an emotional thrust it's got all of the things now that i've wanted final fantasy 8 to just like tear the band-aid off and 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 get to after farting around with all of this kind of like setup and dancing and 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 the story's going in a a single coherent direction finally after just mm -hmm. like well i mean coherent for final fantasy 8 anyway <laughs> and um mm -hmm. it, it just it this is i'm like yes okay final fantasy 8 is here and i'm crying and feeling mm -hmm. my big teen feelings and it just it's very powerful and for as buck wild as a lot of the plot movements have been i am uh, maybe against my better, better nature really buying this romance and appreciating the melodrama of it all like my thing i mean for one thing i, I just gotta say this i said it at the beginning of the season i think eyes on me is just doesn't hit for me at all as a song nope. no it's it's too sappy it's too on the nose and the funny thing is they employ it they finally employ it in a scene where squall is still resisting Mm -hmm. And like still being like, what is feelings? Why are you in my lap? <laughs> Why would you do that? Mm -hmm. And it's like, my guy, like you were just saying the other day, like you're everyone's trying to put you together. Of course, you know why. <sighs> I've always found that very frustrating, like because to me, you tell me to write this scene and I say like they fuck on the, on the ship on the way back because it's one for the road. Right. Like, yeah, that's what you do, especially as a teenager. You finally realize your love for each other. You go through this ridiculous gesture. You save each other and you go, all right, we're going to have one good night together. And then uh, we'll have to put it Especially away. Especially if someone says you're going to prison the instant you hit Earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Forever. <laughs> Squall's inability to seal the deal here is, I like, I think that's a that's a pro for the game because it. <laughs> is a subvert it's a subversion in a way that's consistent with the character i don't know like the the like the like two steps forward one step back thing it really it's successful for me yeah i just feel like i mean granted this is final fantasy if you were to tell me they made the teenagers fuck i wouldn't believe you uh, <laughs> i mean like that's really the thing here like they wouldn't they wouldn't do that do they fucking type zero no okay yeah yeah, no, it's Final Fantasy. I don't think they know they, what sex is in Type Zero. Right, that's just like, that's the M-rated Grimdark Final Fantasy, so I was just, I was like, I was trying to rack my brain, but I think you're right, yeah. I mean, I, th I think the only one that's like explicitly about, I mean, okay, Final Fantasy VII had some horny bits in it and had like brothels and stuff. Ten, ten as well. Mm. Yeah, but like, yeah, nobody, no, nobody fucking in, in most of these games. FF4. Uh, FF4 is the romance Final Fantasy. That's that's true. Yeah, that's where a lot of this started from. So, like, to to me, that part was very frustrating. Yeah, like Squall giving up Renoa at the end is also very frustrating. I think Esthar, like the whole wow cool technology and wow cool robot with the with the Ragnarok is like it doesn't land as well as I want it to. Like, I wanted it to be like, like first time I played this game, I was like holy shit, 
there's a whole fucking city back here and it's enormous and everyone looks like they're, you know, they're all wearing these weird robes and then they get shot off to space and there's a cool space station and then you get a cool spaceship. Like there's a lot of cool going on, but like it doesn't really cohere and the spaces are not as cool as I would want. Like the coolest space in this entire area is Tears Point. I think mm-hmm. Tears Point looks rad. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't, I forgot to bring it up earlier, but like supposedly the way that is designed. So Tears Point is a residence point of where the, like the uh, lunatic Pandora or like the, the crystal tower can like, you know, draw, you know, monsters from the moon. But it looks like as a countermeasure after the fact, they built in these energy banks around it to absorb that energy so that if someone did it again, they would not be successful in trying to call down the monsters. And mm-hmm. it just overwhelmed it. And that's why you saw like in the cutscene, you see the, the statues break, you see like the little energy banks break. And like, that's cool. Like that bit of lore stuff is kind of cool. They don't tell you this. <laughs> I don't know where they would tell you this. But that's that's sort of how it functions. Like that is the coolest space in this entire stretch of the game to me. But yeah, like I was always like, all right, I'm ready for my catharsis. Go have your go have your night of romance. Just do it. Just do it, you mm-hmm. coward. And then he doesn't do it. And that's frustrating. And I, I thought the Deus Ex Machina of the of the ship just being out there is kind of eye rolly. Like to me, that was very eye rolly. Still kind of is. But the fucking Ragnarok looks cool. It's a dragon spaceship. That's it cool. is a pretty sick design. It's mm-hmm. sick. I want a model of it on my desk. They exist. They're expensive. Uh, yeah. Next episode, we 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 see more of the Ragnarok looking cool, and I just it is so sick. I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Sybil, any last uh, final thoughts on this section? I, I'll I'll be quick about it because again we did have a long discussion with the actual elements there's two things i'm thinking about right here one of them is i'm getting more of a sense that ultimisia is a very caius and yule from ff13 2 kind of character where Mm. she is the most powerful sorceress because she's the last sorceress who absorbed all the hind power at the end of time and that's how she's doing absolute bullshit with it Mm -hmm. which would explain time compression because she's clearly in the future i'm gonna guess the ruined future and she's trying to get back from that somehow and then second You're both making it sound like this is where everything gets rushed. We have two dungeons left, and I'm guessing one of those is the final dungeon, so we're going to have something on disc three. And as a result of this, I just want to pitch. I think if we let Squall sit with this decision longer instead of having his friends instantly bully him into go save her, I guarantee he'd be cool with it for a day or two, but then he'd start wanting his fix, and then he'd get really <laughs> irrational again, and that's when he's like, you know, we we let Selfie take some time to figure out the spaceship, and he has to sit, and he doesn't have Elone to get that. So, of course, that means now he's got to do something mm-hmm. really reckless to get his girl. I think that's a better read. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely what would happen. Mm-hmm. 
and I cannot be swayed otherwise. <laughs> no, I think you're right. And also, yeah. that would have been like the perfect opportunity to put more stuff in Esthar, where you like go yeah. and and do stuff with an Esthar that's actually interesting. While Squall is like, well, what do I do now? Ah, fuck! I need Renoa back. Yeah, Esthar is sparse. We mentioned yeah. it briefly, but yeah, for such a huge area, there are just gaps, and this place screams cut content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Oh, when you think about it, I, I agree with that, but I can't say exactly why yet. Well, I can. I can okay, you guessed that who the president. Yeah, the is. president yeah. became really obvious when they wouldn't take off the spacesuit. Right. And also the animations yeah. that he has. One of them is very is a giveaway. But uh, just, yeah, I would imagine if that part of the game were more fleshed out, like was originally planned, S-Star would have been bigger. It would have been I, more yeah. detailed. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I had a thought actually as you were talking Sybil uh, what if instead I guess like I could imagine a version of this where they did the Final Fantasy 15 thing where basically they fast forward 10 years I think that would be another good move yeah because like like, you have Squall getting to sit with it of course he would become a sad alcoholic or something right like yeah nothing good happens to Squall if he has to rest that long with the consequences mm-hmm. of this decision. yeah maybe he becomes sid too yeah mm. yeah that, that would be an interesting because then you have generational violence happening right people repeating yeah the right thing. see that's there's 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 more meat on the bone there and then like and then he goes to decide to save her then but then you end up turning it into an age gap thing maybe if she doesn't age at all and that's awkward uh but <laughs> or maybe you just take the romance out of it and just say you know save her maybe you just make matter. it five Mm-hmm. You make it make five, it and she's already like a year or two older. That's still good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like you can. There's a way that I think you could make this beat stronger. For right now, it just feels like hyperactive teen shit uh, to some degree. Mm. We are just kicking the plot so far into gear and not pausing on any of this, which is weird. Right. Do you know? What, do you yeah. Know, do you know what it reminds? You know what it reminds me like, of Civil? Remember the end? The end of Darling in the Bronx. The way no, I've still not just, watched it. Okay, well, all right, then I won't say anything more, but like there's there's an acceleration that happens at the end of it that feels almost not exactly yeah. like this, but like that sense of like, oh my god, slow the fuck down, do something. Like, don't don't do that. Matt, I'm gonna lay down this challenge right now. Frunks is on sale right now on Crunchyroll, and I get paid Tuesday. Do mm. you think it's worth me grabbing those Blu-rays? For Ryan's <laughs> face right now is amazing. I am being judged so hard. Look, I no, know you have, I'm not judging you. <laughs> no, no, I know you have worse trash, so I can't just say it's too trashy. <laughs> but it's if we if we ever cover it for Boku no Stop, I would or like if you want to like make a hard pitch for it, I would do it, and I would say that justifies it. Yeah. Okay, we'll see what happens Tuesday. I, it's on sale all week. I. Have not, I have not been grossed out by the ideology of an anime like Franks grosses me out in a long time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know it has been disdainfully referred to as Tradwife Ava in many circles. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it is. But like the way in which it does it is fascinating to me. Like yeah. the way it just uh, it had a setup and then it just goes... We're just going to not do that at all. <laughs> like, we're just going to throw away this character's agency and 
Oh, God. I, it would be fascinating. It would be a fascinating season of the show. I fully support doing it for content. I cannot countenance doing it for your own edification. Hey, you know something? I'm going to lay this down right now. If my hormones arrive on Tuesday, I'm just going to chalk it up to womanly intuition. Because <laughs> that's that when is... the package is supposed to show up. <laughs> and that is absolutely 100% your prerogative. No, so. that's in the hands of fate. I'm throwing this up to you, universe. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, fuck. Um, God, that, that, we, we would have to do that in like a year or so, right? You would have to go. Oh, yeah, we, we'd be, be after chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, no, that'll be. I would have a lot of fun tearing that show apart. I would have a lot of fun. You probably uh, would, code, too. <laughs> code little homie gay ass. Sorry. <laughs> Is that supposed to make sense to me later? <laughs> no, it's just um, based on how it's pronounced. Yeah, no, it's it's go, code code gayas, but it's just uh um little homie gayas is an old is an old Chapo joke. I apologize. Sorry, but, sorry, I, I've never listened to a Chapo as you don't ever need to. It's yeah, well, you are I mean, are you surprised? Are you surprised? Honest. No. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Look, I I I know I'm Easily the podcast sicko of the network. Even Chris <laughs> has pulled back from things. And meanwhile, I'm just sitting here going, you know, the guy from the 1975 was real funny on the Adam Freeland show. Yeah. <laughs> Not touching that shit. It was very funny. It was very funny, but it was very funny. Yeah. I don't go. I don't go near Friedland. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, if Garrett signs off on that. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about it. Anyway, I think we're done with this episode. So plugs. We were already talking about other shows, but might as well do it officially. Yeah, you can find me, all of my other shows, my various deranged opinions at hellscaper.com, the nexus of my poster's spirit. Um, I have avoided talking about music for a while because I took, uh, a couple of my sound clouds down, um, but they will be coming back up. Listen, watch this space. And then otherwise, um, you can listen to me on a, a premium pitch drop podcast, icons and icons talking about final fantasy 14, the MMO with one Chris Taylor, uh, it's a dollar a month. I suggest more money than that but a dollar a month will get you final fantasy 14 we're in heaven's word it's a good time thank you very much you can listen to boku no stop our anime watch along podcasts uh which uh we were alluding to earlier uh there's a free version we are where we are going to be covering code Geass, uh season one just season one for now and we have our premium version where we are either wrapping up our death note extra episodes or yeah, we'll probably still be in the middle of that, but after that, I'm pretty certain we're going to be doing Serial Experiments Lane. I know very little about it, but it seems cool. Other than that, you can uh, read my Yuri manga reviews on at Okazu. Uh, you can just look up my name under the guest reviewers. It's in the link in the description. Also, I have a blog where I have been doing a deep dive review of uh, How Do We Relationship, which is an... Uh, an LGBT focused uh, shoujo manga that I think is very good and has a lot of depth to it. And I just can't stop thinking about it constantly. So I'm putting it on a blog. Uh, So 
check that out. That is called, um, oh my God, they were bandmates or <laughs> omgbandmates.wordpress.com. That's a great WordPress name. It really is. <laughs> I know. It's delightful. <laughs> like the second, like, I was like, should I do this? And then I thought of the name and I'm like, I have to do this. I have you the have name. You have to. I have yeah. to. Anyway, that's all until next time to where we will, we will end disc three. The question is, do we do side quests too? Or do we just do Lunatic Pandora? I I have a lot to say about the stuff that happens right before Lunatic Pandora. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean. Then we might try to just stick to the the main plot and then we'll save. Well, the thing is, there are a bunch of side quests that do get cut off at the end of disc three. I was about to ask, were they like disc three specific? Wait, are there? Because I yeah. feel like you can do both, basically everything on disc four. No, no, no. Because a bunch of um, most of the cities get locked down. Okay. Yeah, there's just a bunch of places you can't go anymore. Like you can't do the like the CC card quest anymore and stuff. Oh like that. well, okay. So <laughs> all the side quests that I care about, I can yeah. still do on disc four. Great. Yeah, Got yeah, it. yeah. So I guess I will, might try to just stick to those ones, and then the ones you can do a disc four, we'll do right before the final dungeon. Okay. So split yeah, it so if after. It, if we get like ten pages of notes. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sounds no, good. like I, I I hit seven and I'm like, okay, this is two hours already. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. fuck with it unless we uh unless we blaze right through it. Um cool. So yeah, uh look out for that. See you then. Uh just thanks. Watch out for uh for space sorceresses and uh giant piles of monsters coming from the moon. I was worried you were going to say fireballs and I'd have to throttle you. <laughs> <laughs> well you, you only got to watch out for those if uh, renault is an angel wing and uh, you're fighting her then you're gonna get a lot of fireballs oh man imagine a marlboro uh renoa tentacles really mm. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye <laughs> see ya peace <laughs>